Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning to life. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. It's a refreshing lifestyle. City FM, 97.3. Five minutes fast they are 97.3 CTFM. This is Yao Sapong and the Asomafo. It's an old song. It just reiterates the amazing story of Joseph. One of the, one of the 12 uh, sons of Jacob. I mean, the, if you wanted a, a story about the law of process, I think that's the story. Rejected by his brethren. Put in a pit, sold into Potiphar's house, lied upon, ended up in prison, interprets a dream, is forgotten by the man he helped. But one day, <laughs> one day, the king has a dream he doesn't understand, and nothing can move until that interpretation comes. And Joseph is called upon interprets the dream gives the wisdom to solve the problem he's made prime minister 
fascinating story. And this is what the Yao Sapong is saying. So people may be lying upon you and they will be triumphant for a season. But there's a day coming when vindication will emerge. For vindication lies in the womb of time. Vindication lies in the womb of time. Hope that encourages somebody this morning. So don't spend all your time responding to the attacks. Like you go on social media and they are just insulting you. You want to really go and have a go. Maybe there are days you do that, but most of the time you need to just focus on your assignment. Focus on your assignment. Because there's a problem only you can solve. And answering people's insults on social media is not one of them. So if you can take the slander and focus on your assignment, then what Yao Sapong is saying will come to pass in your life. Oh yes. So that's business sense for the morning. Business has brought to you by ADB. Get a quick salary advance to meet your pressing needs through the Payday Plus. You can access up to 10,000 CDs or 80% of your next net monthly salary. No interest on repayment within the first 30 days. Your money hits your account the same day. Call us on 0243-273-369. ADB truly a Greek and more. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Underwear. So tip up your cup and throw your hands up and let me hear the party. 
so nine it's actually 6 31 is the time and uh, this is the newspaper review segment my name is bernard avle i'm here with nathan kwao and kojua koto both are in blue shirts again yesterday you were in light blue today you are in a bit of uh, you know? navy blue type thing yeah. it's a no blue is the color football is again yesterday that we are in the month of love but why are you in blue? Blue is our love color. <laughs> <laughs> it's our love color. <laughs> I thought red was the color of love. No, no, no. Blue is our love color. Is it? Yes. Okay. Blue for water. Water for life. Okay. There's no love without life. Ah, okay. Uh-huh. Okay. I know Kojo can derive an equation for anything. He can derive an equation for fufu. He can derive an equation for love. He can derive an equation for corruption. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, and one of the tortures of my life as a student when they say you should derive something. <laughs> so now you can't, you see, there are some things you know the answer, but listen, you don't uh, say derive you have to extract the from answer. the preamble to derive the equation. Charlie, <laughs> the next question is explain with annotated diagrams. No, that one is even easy. That one you draw and use some, but you say derive, no, <laughs> you are working from the back. <laughs> you know the equation, but how do you get there? Oh, help us. If you know a master, teacher, call them and bless them today. They've done very well. We used to think mathematics was difficult, but it's actually the basis of explaining everything. So, you had a bad master, teacher. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, New Survivors brought to us by Total. The Afghan is back. You know, we had a couple of days off. Yes, today, yes, uh, two, two big games. Well, first semi-final today. Yes, I'm supporting three teams. <laughs> I'm supporting <laughs> Egypt. I'm supporting Senegal. I'm supporting Burkina Faso. Okay, so you clearly don't want Cameroon to. Did they? Never, <laughs> never, baby. Now, Total Energies Afcon is back, and not only are we enjoying the games, we're also giving you some beautiful branded souvenirs. So, if you buy 80 CDs minimum worth of Total Fuel, or you buy four or five liters of lubricant, you can get a coupon and win some amazing branded souvenirs. Let's celebrate the passion of football together and win lots of gifts during the 2021 Total Energies Africa Cup of Nations. And we're also sponsored by Fidelity Bank. We have great news for you. To serve you better, we are giving you a new toll-free number, 0800-003355. Now, this number is operational. You can also reach us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and more. Don't forget, there are two big things happening. Uh, the Entertainment Achievement Awards heating up. I have a big announcement for you. I'll tell you more later on the show. I just mark 26th February in your diary. 26th February. It will be live on this show. Live on City TV. Live in multiple places. If, if you want to know more about this event, go online to entertainmentachievementawards.com. It's going to be exciting. And of course, we're doing a big, big launch on the 8th. That's next week, Tuesday. And places are filling up fast for the Heritage Caravan. Oh, yes. This is how we do it. Please take a leave between the 5th and the 13th of March and get yourself on the Heritage Caravan. Call 0205-973-973. Kojo, let's get inside. Good morning. Let's start with the headlines. Good morning. Good morning. Good, good morning, morning, Bernard. Yes. yes, and we are going the caravan. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. We are going. We are going. I know somebody who went to Kantamantu yesterday. <laughs> to buy to prepare. To, to buy shorts and strong chaliwate <laughs> for the walk. <laughs> Chali, but you know, I go Kantacheo. 
So is it Kaba? No, no, no. Who no, no, no. says, say, we have a guy there? You have a guy no, there? No, Omani gave me a guy there. <laughs> you, know? you know? When you reach some level in life, people bring that thing. You have to do it So we have some guy there. So you just send you that thing. Instead of going there yourself. Because the traffic, I don't know. Henry Cote hasn't cleared the road, so I don't know how to reach there. But so, I, know, I know some people who still are going there at dawn. No, no, no. If you go there, you get the best selection. Because the one they bring to you, they pre- pre- post selection. The people who go there are done. You call them seeing is believing shoppers association. Anyway, let's go to the Ghanaian Times front page. There's a photo of Mr. Bright, a peer executive director of Child Rights International. And the headline that comes with the photo says that child labor on cocoa farms, 33,180 children in danger. This is a new report by CRI. Operation Clean Your Frontage in Full Swing in Greater Accra Region, Henry Corte, is on the front page. NSS falls to 112 million Ghana City fraud. 14,000 potential fraudsters discovered through metric app. And call of strike. Get back to negotiation table. Government to Utah. The Daily Graphic says, 10 years study on corruption prevalence unregulated party financing to blame. Mm. tag unfair, according to government. Asin North MP dragged to Supreme Court and on the back page of the Daily Graphic, Senegal, Burkina Faso clash in KG semis tonight mm. and father-son live Afcon dream. Wow. Yep, there's a picture of a man and his son. Mm. Both of them are part of the Burkina Faso team. Okay. If you go to the finder, UTAG holds government host as law bans negotiations during illegal strike. Minister receives report of Apiate Investigative Committee. Three months suspension of fuel levy cost government 174 million Ghana cities. This is the NPA. Mm. Over 11,000 children engaged in hazardous child labor, CRI report. And 14,000 potential NSS ghosts blocked from stealing uh, 112 million Ghana cities. Wow. The Herald says, ambitious deputy minister badly wants Trey Martin's job. Oh, Charlie. <laughs> mm. KGL Group signs 10-year partnership agreement with NLA in excess of a billion cities. Mm. Ex-MPP MP tells Oforiata to bury his shame and go to IMF for bailout. Mm. As Ilevi can't save collapsing economy. Mm-hmm. And Ghana Airport suspends Magdan's private jet terminal four days after its inauguration. The chronicle leads with the lyrics of one of my favorite songs from Asha. There is fire on the mountain. Mm-hmm. And it's got to do with the Apiati report. It says, Minister grabs Apiati report, criminal prosecution not ruled out. Utah research allow increase from 500 CDs to $1,600. That's a question on the front page of the Chronicle. And please seize cash of weapons, ammunition in Boko. More stories. Digitization helps NSS save 112 million Ghana cities. And we need E-Levy badly. Loans are not sustainable. <laughs> the public press says, McDonald's was deepen as GACL shuts down private jet terminal. Martin Amidu jumps into E-Levy fight, accuses government of arrogance, impunity and abuse of power. A Sibaya best MPP bubble says Ilevi not the way. Felix Ofosu Kwachi says Ekufado seeking to use judiciary to prevent Asin North MP from voting. And more than 1.7 million hypertensive cases recorded in three years. Mm. Plus Ilevi, government takes second town hall meeting to Western Region today. All right. Now the new crusading guide, NSS is still on the front page. 
Digitalization saves Ghana 112 million Ghana cities. 14,000 frost tests found. I think we need to delve deeper into this. We to know find that. Yes. Now, former GOC vice Evans Yabua arrested on suspicion of visa fraud. Mm. Energy expert for president Ashanti Youth for good, uh, for good governance endorses um, Kojo in Safwapoku for president. And waste management companies assure uh, the government that they will support the operation Clean Your Frontage Project. Okay. okay. The publisher says, Adra Safu's sick, in quotes, demand, make me deputy majority leader before I come to vote on E-Levy. Hmm. Wows. GSCL kicks out Magdan indefinitely. Jinapur receives a PRTA explosion investigative committee report and finest pub and restaurant opens in Asinfos. All right. Now, the Ghanaian Observer, government digitalization drive yields massive results. This mm -hmm. is still related to the NSS uh, 112 million Ghana CD mm -hmm. uh, ghost name issue. Mm -hmm. Government promises swift action of our PRT committee reports. Mm. KGL, NLA in 1 billion Ghana CD 10 year partnership agreement. Mm. E Levy, we've resolved to turn around the economy. This is Osei Chairman Bonsu. And waste management companies back operation clean your frontage. All right, the BNFT has a number of stories on its front page. PAPS will reduce cost of cross border trade, AGI Guta. Mm. Comply with PFA Act or lose government support. Deputy Finance um, warns state entities. Mm -hmm. Involve private sector in revenue collection. Can Thompson urges government yep. and will help sustain projects. Waste management companies assure. In the, that's in relation to Operation Clean Your Frontage mm -hmm. and over 30,000 children at risk of child labor. That's mm. according to a CRI report. Let me just give you a quick raft of headlines. I noticed I'm still in a graphic page uh, 17, 18 levies choke food and beverage firms. And then I know Kojo will like this one. Five high yielding yam varieties released. Sir? Oh, I'm technically, this, this is to be part of this Easter. will eat yam. Now, if you go to citynewsroom.com, there are lots of stories on the economy. So, for example, Atufosin says IMF is the antidote to Ghana's economic challenges, not E-Levy. But Deputy Finance Minister Abano Sayasari says, no, E-Levy is a homegrown solution. We should support it. Meanwhile, Bokwin says E-Levy is regressive. National dialogue needed on our return to IMF. Meanwhile, Magdan suspends private jets, as you also read. So there are quite a number of stories on uh, the E-Levy that will probably run through as well. Now, if you go to Joy Online, they lead story with uh, Supreme Court directs registrar to serve NDC MP James Quaison as an individual, not an MP. Also, Muhammad recounts where he, and how he received the news about Prof Mills' passing. That's also on the front page. And then the, those in power must adhere to the rules to prevent further chaos in Parliament. Mahama Ayariga. Now, there's a story also say many dead after coup attempt in Guinea-Bissau, according to the president. We'll give you some updates on that. If you go to Star FM, Parliament summons transport minister over Magdan, GACL, and pass. Also, angry youth class with chief over sale of cemetery to private investor. And uh, injunction application against Asin North MP at John Sine Day. If you go to Ghana News Agency, Nukes appeals NLC to withdraw case against UTAG. Accra breathes fresh air as operation clean of frontage begins. <laughs> and uh, suspension of price stabilization levy on fuel cost government 174 million Ghana cities, according to the MPA. I don't know whether that means that they will not come back. Today, I have a, an interesting headline. I know you've been interested in Kojo. Kenya locks out diesel buses from their BRT project. According to the story, in the East African, only electric and some hybrid vehicles will be deployed on the dedicated lane for large capacity buses. Mm. So people are doing the thing. Yeah. So maybe when we end, I'll give you that story. 
So they are doing BRT, but, BRT. They, are, but they are saying that their BRT, they won't allow oh, diesel. large diesel buses. So electric, uh, electronic, or is it electric um, buses and uh, other types of b vehicles that are hybrid will be allowed to use the BRT lane. And they don't want foil, foil, uh, fossil fuel powered cars mm. to which emit a lot of carbon dioxide. Mm. To, to use the BRT lanes. So they're encouraging speed and also encouraging greenness. We'll give yeah. you that story later. So let's start with the first few stories. Uh, let's 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 talk about UTAG because yes, the, the strike is still ongoing. A big question on the front page. Uh-huh. The Ghanaian Times has a center spread story. All right. And the other papers also have stories. The mm -hmm. University Teachers Association of Ghana has been accused of acting in bad faith after it emerged the group was yet to state its position on the labor market survey which determines whether or not market premium is up for renegotiation. According to a government source abreast with details of the negotiation, a copy of the market survey report was made available to UTAG on January 6 this year mm -hmm. uh, for their study and position paper after it intim intimated that if a market survey was not completed and its report made available to them by December 31, 2021, mm -hmm. they would call for a new strike. However, UTAG on January 10 declared a strike and was still here to submit their position paper situation, which has stalled negotiations. But okay. the Chronicle mm -hmm. is asking a question. Mm -hmm. Research Alawa increased from 500 CDs to $1,600 for UTAG. That's a question on the front page of the Chronicle. Mm. Um, and the story says that contrary to the picture being painted by the poor conditions of service of university professors, the Chronicle sources within the government has hinted of an upward adjustment of the University Teachers Association of Ghana research allowance from 500 cities to $1,600 by the government. Recounting the chronology of events, the Chronicle source indicated that on the 16th of June 2021, the government and UTAC signed an MOU to satisfactorily resolve issues related to conditions of service of university teachers. Mm -hmm. And the only matter outstanding at the time, as per the MOU of June 2021, was the matter of research allowance. Mm. This follows earlier negotiations in 2019 between the two parties on a list of conditions of service mm -hmm. where the general framework for the negotiations was agreed upon. I think we need to get the minister for the sector. Well, we need to get you tag. Bernard, you throw here, you throw here. They should sit well, in one room and yeah, resolve so, the okay. issues. Uh, government is also saying that UTAG has been unfair. It's well, there's a court case that will be determined tomorrow. Yes, so we'll get to the bottom of that tomorrow. Latest on E-Levy, the big story started from yesterday. Besibe mm Boa, -hmm. former finance committee chairman, speaking on City Prime News, asked that government reconsider his decision not to go back to IMF. He says that the amount of money they project to get from E-Levy will not be enough to solve the revenue challenges the government is facing. He that led to quite a number of responses. So on eyewitness news yesterday evening, we got a couple of people speaking. The Atu Forsen, who is the NDC's ranking member on the finance committee, says IMF is the antidote, not E Levy. But the deputy minister for the sector, Abna Oseyasari, says we should trust in the homegrown solutions. He told host of eyewitness news Umaru Sanda Amadu that uh, the E Levy is a homegrown solution which best serves our interest. It will rope more people into the tax net, and we believe that this E-Levy is one of those homegrown okay. solutions. So that's the key what? issue going up. Now, the president also says we need the E-Levy badly, and mm. loans are not sustainable. Mm. This is on page three of the uh, Chronicle. The story yeah. says that President Nana Dudanko Kufuado has indicated that it's about time the country devised a means to raise its own money for development and forgo foreign loans and grants. According to him, governments raise money through taxes, and as such, the controversial E-Levy was necessary for the country to show up the economy, especially for
from the ravages of the COVID-19 pandemic. Mm. He okay. said this at the Jubilee House when a delegation from the Joje traditional area mm. paid a curtsy call on him. Yes. Okay, on page 17 and uh, page 17 of the Daily Graphic, they say 18 levies choke food and beverage firms. Mm -hmm. Now, the food and beverage uh, subsector of the economy is facing acute challenges that are crippling the businesses of operators in the space. Companies such as Unilever, Nestle, Olam, Guinness Ghana Brews, Coca-Cola and Wilma Africa that produce locally and also import finished and semi-finished products are faced with 18 different levies and charges Forgive. at the ports aside from the general taxes wow. and fees that they pay to shipping lines 18. and other private institutions. Ah. The taxes include 20% import duty, 12.5% each of import value added tax and NHIL, mm -hmm. 0.5% ECOWAS levy, 2% special import levy, wow. 0.4% and 12% network charge and network charge VAT respectively, mm -hmm. and 0.2% African Union import levy. 17. Or how many? 18 levies. 18. You know the so what, are the what are the implications of now, that? Now, the companies are also faced with general taxes. Now, what it would mean, now, the enormous... Uh, tax burden, mm. together with the rising cost of shipping, will affect the ability of the companies to operate at optimum capacity, leading to their folding up, while others have relocated to have relocated parts of their operations to neighboring countries where they say the conditions are better. All right, could you still on levies? Yes, on levies, I was trying to draw attention to what the hotel the hotel association told us during the pandemic mm -hmm. that they also pay twenty two different taxes and levies. Seriously? Yes, and oh. they listed them. Serious? Yes, on the GRE part, they have VAT, Get Fund, NHL, NHIL, Import Duty, Tax Stamp, COVID nineteen levy, and others. Ghana Tourism Authority licensing fee one percent tourism levy. Food and Drugs Authority, Immigration, wow. Registration. So, so taxes and levies. Yes. Final point on levies. Suspension of price stabilization levy on fuel cost Ghana government 174 million CDs. So the three-month suspension of the price stabilization recovery levy cost the government about 170 million CDs. The MPA has revealed. Mohamed Abdul Kudus, communication manager, MPA, told the GNA that the super suspension of the levy cost the government about 58 million cities revenue monthly let's deal with the mcdan issue it's also trending uh, mm. there's two reports one is that he they have suspended private jet operations <coughs> yes and yes, then the the government has also uh, so let me read the, the version i have mcdan aviation has announced the suspension of his private jet operations at the terminal one of the kutka international airport this is to enable the management of mcdan aviation to hold talks with the ghana airport company over the contentious contentions regarding the operational procedures now in a letter cited by city news dated 31st january the managing director of the firm daniel macaulay said the the company resolves to put the operations on hold with immediate effect and it has become necessary to pave way for us to thoroughly engage with your outfit and other key stakeholders on the way forward meanwhile there's a story here that says parliament is being asked to address the issue and uh, i think that story is on one of the websites where it's asking the transport minister to come and explain why that matter has gotten to where it's gotten to so hopefully it will be resolved soon okay if you go to page three of the herald they talk about alan tremontaine and uh, a plot or so surrounding him now uh, the story says the herald has picked up reports of an easy calm at the ministry of trade and industry over the activities of one of the deputy ministers who is elbowing and disrespecting everyone including his boss Alan Tremartin, 
The latest allegation is that he planted a story in the media announcing when the minister intended to resign to focus on his presidential ambition while claiming he was next in line to replace the minister. <laughs> in interesting times, anyway, indeed. Do you want me to give you NSS or Operation Clean Yes, the front? digital one, quick one, they will do the Clean okay. Frontage. So the finder uh, reports that the infusion of digital technology in operations of NSS mm. has saved Ghana at least 112 million Ghana cities mm. in blocking payments to undeserving persons. Mm. The executive director of NSS, Mr. CICB Entry, who announced they said the amount that would have been lost if such persons had succeeded in getting posted to state institutions would amount to 94 million Ghana cities. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if such persons were posted to private institutions, the loss would have been 112 million Ghana cities. Mm-hmm. And making the disclosure during an unannounced visit by the vice president, Mr. CICB Entry said the introduction of the metric app, which combines facial recognition technology and identity card checks for verification and validation, had blocked the enrollment of 14,000 potential fraudsters onto the scheme mm-hmm. and saved the nation a huge amount of money. Very interesting indeed. Now, Operation Clean Your Frontage is also on all the fr- uh, front pages. Yep. The Accra Metropolitan uh, Chief Executive, Mrs. Elizabeth Na Teriyasaki, has mm-hmm. called on residents in Accra to collectively resolve to address the environmental and sanitation challenges mm-hmm. confronting the city in order to prevent diseases. Mm. She said this when they launched the operation Clean Your Frontage and waste management companies are assuring the government that they will support them to sustain the project. Well, if you go to page 4 of the Republic Press, they say aggrieved traders at Circle Holy Gardens fight Henry Cortez task force. Mm. Now, traders operating at the Kwame Nkrumah Holy Gardens and on the pavements are up against the Greater Accra Regional Minister and the task force team over the demolition of their structures cited at unauthorized places. Mm-hmm. The aggrieved mm-hmm. traders tried impeding the work of the task force team mm-hmm. who were ordered to bring down all illegal structures along the pavement around the Holy Gardens. In a video cited by MyRepublicOnline.com, the traders were seen blocking the operator of the heavy-duty uh, equipment from pulling down their illegal structure. Meanwhile, there are five high-yielding varieties of yam released into the system. Story in graphic page 17, the five high-yielding yam varieties have been developed by the Savan Agricultural Research Institute of the CSIR. So this is CSIR, sorry, yeah. to help boost yam production in the country. Now, the improved varieties, which are high-yielding, disease-resistant, and more nutritious, are SDR140-3004, and then the same for sdr one. Uh, one four zero. The, the codes follow all the way to seven five. They have since been approved by the National Varietal Release and Registration Committee of the Ministry of Food and Agriculture. Ten superior land races were selected for multi-locational evaluation in 2016 and 2017. They used some selection called the Yam Mosaic Virus and Yam Atrachnos <coughs> Disease Resistance. Mm. After doing all the things they did, they came up with these five. A young breeder of CSIR, Dr. Emmanuel Chamba, who led the team, explained that the new varieties had early maturity periods nice. and superior food quality. Mm. They also had high tuber yield, long shelf life, and produced multiple medium-sized tubers that were ideal for export. Wow. So, great job by Dr. Chamba and his team, Dr. Pauline Adi, and the rest of the people working there. So, we are well getting done. better yam. Yes. From Sari. Yes. Professor Samsaki has also given us better plantain and banana. Charlie. We are getting better everything. Though. It's amazing. Yeah. Now, the graphics front page is interesting. 10 years study on corruption prevalence shows that unregulated party financing is to blame for corruption. It's an interesting story by Caroline Boateng. 
who says that uh, she's basically looking at the decade trend analysis of Ghana's score on the CPI, which shows that the country is stagnating on the rankings. And she's traced part of that to the way we don't regulate political party finances. So when people come into government, the way monies are allocated and stuff like this. It's a very interesting report that she put together. I want to take you to Kenya, where they have done something I know you are interested in. So Kenya locks out diesel buses from their lucrative BRT project. Now, story is on the East African. It says petrol and diesel-powered buses have been locked out of the lucrative BRT that will be launched on Thika and Mombasa roads in Kenya's capital, Nairobi, from June this year, as part of government's efforts to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, a senior official said on Tuesday. Only electric and some hybrid vehicles, which use a mixture of electric and fossil fuel, and those that use biofuels like hydrogen and biogas, will be deployed on the dedicated lanes for large capacity buses to ease traffic congestion. Finally, Guinea-Bissau were shoot out yesterday. We are told many are dead after a coup attempt. A reported coup in the West African state of Guinea-Bissau has left many members of the security forces dead. The country's president says, Umaru, I'm reading from BBC, Umaru Sisoko Mbalo said the situation was under control, calling it a failed attack against democracy. Even though we don't have VRT, very soon we are going to have a tunnel under the mountain at Kovina, and it will ease movement. You don't believe it, eh? This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. It's a minute to seven. Seven o'clock is the City Business News brought to you by Goel. We're rewarding prepaying customers using GoCard with two pesos per liter on fuel. But you for take it easy. Enjoy amazing discounts on lubricants you buy and free life insurance cover by My Life Insurance. You can also accrue and contribute loyalty points to a social group to fund an approved CSR project. And above all, enjoy exclusive Goyle branded campaign gifts. Visit our website or social media platforms or come to a girl station to jump on the go club train girl good energy so make your own story it's time to be a g with g money is the most reliable and secure mobile money wallet you can win some great prizes like uh, ac's fridges and even a brand new car simply visit any g money agent or gcb bank perform transactions build points and win agents are not left out of this promo with the more points the better your rewards be a g that's with success in a couple of and mtn is giving away loads and loads of gifts simply talk text browse all day every day collect points use the points to redeem amazing offers and discounted freebies dial star 550 hash get your mtn reward today mtn everywhere you go Takisim is here with the Business News. Good morning. Good morning. Hello and welcome to the breakfast edition of City Business News. It's proudly brought to you by MTN, Goal and GCB Bank and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Coming up. Division of the Ghana Airport Company Limited calls for sanctioning of operators who violate standards of the airports following operational breaches by McDonough Aviation with its private jet services. And later, former Deputy Finance Minister backs calls for government to turn to the International Monetary Fund rather than raise revenue through the electronic transfer levy. (music) 
I am Anita Kisimurku to our very first story. The Divisional Union of the Public Services Workers Union, PSWU, at the Ghana Airports Company Limited, GACL, has called for the sanctioning of, op- of operators who violate the standards and regulation of the airports. This follows the directive by the GACL for McDan Aviation to suspend its use of Terminal 1 at the Kotaka International Airport for its private jets terminal services until further notice due to some operational breaches by McDan Aviation following the inauguration of its private jet services last week. Speaking to City Business News, the divisional chairman of the PSWU at the Ghana Airports Company Limited, Abdul Isaka Bamba, noted that if such situations are unchecked, they could lead to a downgrade of the Kotaka International Airport, which will ultimately affect their livelihoods. Airport, like we said, is heavily regulated, and you can't play around the standards. Now, when we say airport is downgraded, it means major flights, for instance, cannot fly directly to America, and we know the implication of that. Now, that is the effect. Now, we provide services. So, (laughs) if our customers, for instance, are passengers, if they refuse to come because they think security, their safety is not protected, then we are out of business. Now, per where I sit, staff and their job security is one of my core mandates. Now, these things happening means should anything go wrong, if people don't want to fly through our airport again, major aircraft don't want to come, it means jobs are being lost, and that is a serious issue. So, the way for is that people who don't want to obey regulations, operators that don't want to obey regulations, must be sanctioned. Because the fear is that if they are not sanctioned, the airport itself can be sanctioned by international authorities. In fact, the airport can be boycotted by major airlines, and that can have serious Replication on the staff, on the airport as a whole, and in fact on the country. So that is that is what it. Divisional Chairman of the PSWU at the Ghana Airport Company Limited, Abdul Isaka Bamba, speaking there. Away from that, a former Deputy Minister of Finance, Dr. Kesel Atuforsen, has backed calls for the government to turn to the International Monetary Fund, IMF, for financial assistance amid Ghana's economic challenges, rather than raise revenue through the electronic transfer levy. Dr. Forsen argued that Ghana's economic situation will deteriorate further if the government fails to seek financial support from the IMF. His comments comes after a former chairman of the Finance Committee of Parliament, Dr. Mark Asibe Yeboah urged government to seek help from the IMF and drop the e-levy. Dr. Forsen also believes government's intended plan is not viable as the revenue expected from the tax will not be enough to revitalize the economy. I am surprised that the government is still adamant in placing that phone call. In fact, that phone call is overdue. And I would like to urge the government to place that call now in the next 24 hours, that must be done. Failure will mean that things are going to get worse. In fact, the conditions that prevailed for Ghana to take the decision in the year 2014 is far better than today. Ghana is in a mess, big mess. I can assure you that every single minute that they delay in placing that phone call, our economic condition deteriorates and is going to deteriorate even further. Dr. Kaisel Atuforsen is ranking member of the Finance Committee of Parliament. Meanwhile, a Deputy Finance Minister, Abna Osei Asari, has reaffirmed that governments would not return to the IMF. Let us come together, support this government to push through the e-levy, and we will see the results of the e-levy. We can raise the money up. 
Currently, there are no plans of going to the IMF. The plans we have is a homegrown solution that we are asking all and sundry to help us support us and move this e-levy action bill forward. You heard a Deputy Finance Minister, Abna Osei Asari. Meanwhile, as debates about the electronic transfer levy heightens, economists with the University of Ghana, Legon, Professor Lord Menser, said, for the tax to be successful, it has to be adopted as a special purpose vehicle which will run on its own. Already, despite the government's intensified efforts to convince more Ghanaians to accept the imposition of the 1.5% levy, a new survey suggests that 56% of self-confessed new patriotic party supporters sampled are against the unpopular policy. Meanwhile, on average, 73% of respondents are also against it. That's according to the survey by Global Info Analytics. In an interview with City Business News, Professor Lord Mentor said, for the government to win the hearts of its people, more needs to be done to build trust. Yeah, I think um, now, you see, well, Ghanaians are complaining because of trust that they have with the government. And so for the government to win the hearts of Ghanaians, um, this E-Levy should be a special purpose, you know, vehicle, which is which will run by itself and then make sure that all the projects that they have the earmark for, they use the money for it. And so, but then if it goes into the bottomless pit at the, I mean, accountant general, I mean, it's going to be a, a problem because of this, you know, history of reappropriation and misappropriation of funds here and there. Economist with the University of Ghana, Professor Lord Mensah. Following the reintroduction of the price stabilization and recovery levy by the National Petroleum Authority, NPA, public transport drivers are lamenting the recent fall price increments that took place on Tuesday. According to the angry drivers, it isn't unfair that the cost of fall keeps rising while transportation fares remain the same. The following report has more. This is not the first time that fuel prices have gone up this year. The last time it happened, it incurred the wrath of commercial drivers across the country who embarked on a protest demanding a reduction in the price of fuel. Although most of the drivers took part in the protest, it failed to yield the desired results. The price of fuel went up again on Tuesday and once again, public transport drivers are unhappy about the development. The NPA explains that the current increment is as a result of the reintroduction of the price stabilization and recovery levy. The levy was suspended last year as part of efforts to cushion consumers from the constant rise in the price of fuel products in the country. However, Leadership of the GPRTU says this increment is not in the interest of their members. The fares that we charge are the same, and yet we are buying more fuel, and so it's affecting us. Sometimes at the close of the day, when you take out the cost of fuel from your sales, you even can't get your daily sales. And if you cannot get your daily sales, and so how do you get job money to your house? So it's really affecting us. But because um, the government has pleaded with us to remain calm, until the negotiations are completed. There's nothing we can do. Some of the drivers also accused the government of being insensitive to their plight. First, if I buy 100 cities, I can take and work and close. By now, if I buy 100 cities, unless 200 cities. So by, if you talk, it will not go and end anywhere. So we just keep quiet. The uh, GPR to uh, our bosses, you see, they should have to talk about 
about it, but we, when we talk, it doesn't end anywhere. Uh-huh. So we don't know how to do now. Now, it's affecting a lot. If we are talking, the government he didn't listen to us. So me, Stephen, I didn't beg the government. If you like, if you take the diesel fuel to 100 Ghana, we buy it. Only God will listen to the drivers. Those were some public transport drivers lamenting the recent fall price increments ending that reports by Nashika Caesar. Let's now head over to the Interbank Foreign Exchange Markets where banks trade amongst themselves. The dollar gained one peso and is selling as six CDs one peso. The British pound gained one peso and is selling as eight CDs two pesos. The euro gained two pesos and is selling as six CDs nine pesos. The Chinese one also gained one peso and is selling at 96 pesos. The South African one gained one peso and is selling at 40 pesos. Be guided that these figures will, however, be much higher as a forex bureau near you. Let's now join Julian Hammer of Databank for part one of the topic dealing with volatility. It's natural to be nervous when markets are volatile and you may want to start selling out of fear. So let's look at how you can deal with volatility. First, you must know and invest according to your risk tolerance. Is it low, medium, or high? If it's low, then focus on fixed income investments. If it's medium, then consider a mix of fixed income and equity investments. If it's high, then you can venture into equity investments. Second, keep in mind that it's very difficult to try and time the market to know when to get out and get back in again. Therefore, by holding a mix of different investments, it will help manage the risks associated with market volatility. Why? Because generally, all investments don't go up and down at the same time or by the same amount. So if you consider data banks' mutual funds, M Fund, EPAC, B Fund, ARC Fund, and EDI Fund, each of them have a different blend of fixed income and or equity, and so they will all perform differently. When some are down, others are likely to be up. So invest according to your risk tolerance and invest wisely. That was Gillian Hammer of Data Bank. And that does it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN Goyle and GCB Bank and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Anita Kisimi. Could you have a good business day? Unleashing the power of Yo, totally your daddy, totally your. This is City 97.3. <laughs> A quarter past seven. So to go to the IMF or not? To go or not to go? That is the question. To go or not to go? That is the question. We'll talk about that on the show this morning. Later on, I'll be speaking to author, business entrepreneur, and speaker. He has a big event in Ghana in the rest uh, this weekend. She'll be talking to me about how to set your 2022 off in the right way. That's later after nine on the City Breakfast Show. But kickoff is next, brought to us by Leseo. The spirit of Africa is a symbol of our resilience and our strength. It's what drives us to do more, become more, and achieve more. That's why we are scaling our digital power with you in mind. The power to create the reality we yearn for, for Africa by Africans. Get ready as we prepare to embark on this digital journey together. This is Africa. 
Let's share whose savings and loans. Let's improve life. Benjamin Kete is here with Kickoff as Afcon returns. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. In the headlines, big news for your Accra hearts of folk. What's happening? Sule Ali Muntari is in town yeah he has signed for Accra Hearts of Folk for one year uh, that, that's big news for Accra Hearts of Folk um, I'm sure um, crowds will be thronging to the stadium to have a look at Sule Muntari former Black Stars captain Asamwajan has expressed interest in coaching the national team uh, that's in the news as well and Tom Brady retires after 22 seasons in the NFL Let's begin with the Ghana Premier League and defending Ghana Premier League champions Accra Hearts of Oak have confirmed the signing of former Ghana international Sule Ali Muntari on a free transfer. Now the club announced the signing on Tuesday confirming earlier reports having, of having reached an agreement with the 37-year-old. The former Inter Milan Portsmouth and AC Milan midfielder joins the Phobians on a one-year deal. Now he becomes Hearts of Oak's second signing of the season ahead of the second round um, following the arrival of Dennis Corsa. Meanwhile, head coach of Accra Hearts of Oak, Samuel Buedu, believes that Muntari will help turn the fortunes of the team around. Yeah, Sule is a motivator. Uh, he's a good guy. The day that I saw him, how he advised the boys, I was, it was amazing. So I believe that if Sule is, will join the team, I think things will change. Accra Hearts of Oak head coach Samuel Buedu speaking there, speaking about players that are returning to now. Under 20 player Samuel Ashikwe has rejoined his former club Accra Great Olympics for the rest of the season. Ashikwe missed the start of the 2021 2022 Ghana Premier League season after traveling to Switzerland for trials at FC Basel. However, after failing to secure a deal at the Swiss club, the 20 year old has returned to Great Olympics for the rest of of the campaign so ashikwe is back in the mix to help accra hearts of folk achieve their goals let's get on to some other news and former black star skipper asamwajan has expressed interest in coaching the national team in future jan who is yet to fully uh, officially announce his retirement from active football says he's interested in getting into management but will first have to complete his badges before making the move Paid my dues for the national team for for decades, you know. So they're saying that they know the reason why they are saying that. Yeah, it's too early. It's not. It's too early. Um, I have um coaching plans in in my stuff, you know. But um, you know, you have to go for courses and stuff. If, you need to do a lot of uh, work, you know. It's another career, you know. So if I have to get into coaching, then I have to make up my mind. But it's part of the plan. I need to try and get a coach, coaching license. But not thinking about the national team. Mm. If I think I'm capable of um, handling the national team in the future, why not? But I need to get the license first. So you heard former Black Star skipper Asamwajan the Baby Jet saying that he's definitely interested in getting into coaching. Let's get to some foreign news now. And Arsenal have confirmed that striker Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang has left the club by mutual consent. However, Barcelona, uh, who completed the deal for the Gabonese international, are yet to officially unveil him. Now, the 32-year-old flew to Spain on Monday to sign for Barca and was pictured training with the team on Tuesday. Barcelona president Juan Laporta says that he hopes to unveil 
the forward later in the week. Now, the Premier League side also thanked Aubameyang for his contribution to the club, having scored 92 goals in 163 appearances. He scored both of Arsenal's goals in their 2020 FA Cup final triumph against Chelsea as they won the tournament for a record 14th time. However, he had not played for the Ghana since a disciplinary breach in December. Now, having the chance to win trophies and the honor of being a captain of this club is something I will forever keep in my heart, he wrote on his Instagram account. Now, I have always been 100% focused and committed on doing everything I can for this club, which is why leaving without a real goodbye hurts. But that is football. So that's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang uh, pouring his heart out there following his move from Arsenal to Barcelona. Let's get on to some other news. And this time, not so good news for uh, Manchester United's Mason Greenwood. Now, Manchester police have been granted permission to question him further. This time on suspicion of sexual assault and threats to kill. Now, on Sunday, he was denied or he was detained on suspicion of rape and assault after a woman alleging incidents of violence posted pictures and videos on social media. Now, the 20-year-old was suspended from playing or training with the club following the weekend allegations now following uh, the fresh issues that have emerged the striker from bradford uh, was earlier removed from versions of the fifa 22 video game following his initial arrest after nike also suspended their deal with the player so that's what's going on with the mason greenwood issue let's get to some uh, news from the camp of everton football club and derby county manager wayne rooney has revealed that he turned down the opportunity to become head coach of everton following the dismissal of rafael benitez everton have since handed the job to former chelsea head coach frank lampard on a two and a half year contract according to rooney who played for everton as a teenager this isn't the right moment to take up a job in the premier League. Everton approached me agent and um, asked me to, to do inter- interview for the vacant um, job, which uh, I turned down. I think, um, as I've said, I believe um, that I will be a Premier League manager. I believe I'm ready for that 100%. Um, and if that is with Everton one day in the future, um, that would be absolutely great. But I've got a job here. I'm doing at Derby County, which um, is an important job to me and that means me getting the team ready for Sunday. Yeah, of course I did. Um, um, listen, then, um, they, they got in touch with my agent. My agent let the administrators know as well. And yeah, of course, it was a very difficult decision for me. Um, but yeah, that's where we're at. Derby County manager Wayne Rooney speaking there. And speaking about Everton Football Club, new signing Donny van de Beek says the opportunity... Um, of working with Frank Lampard was a driving force behind his move. Now, Everton signed Van de Beek on loan for Manchester United for the rest of the season. The Netherlands international's wages will be paid in full by the Toffees, who do not have an option to make his move permanent. Uh, now, first of all, I think it's a great club. Yeah, of course, uh, the team of, uh, at the moment, uh, yeah, is, is a little bit too low in the league. But still, I think uh, there are really good players. And uh, yeah, I come uh, because of uh, I want them uh, to help on the way up. And uh, also, I had a good meeting with, uh, with the coach, with the new coach. And uh, yeah, that was really positive. And yeah, I, th- I think I can help the team. Uh, yeah, um, I play in the past a few uh, games against him. Uh, when I play in Ajax, he was uh, he was uh, in Chelsea, 
at that time and uh, yeah uh, we play against each other so he know me also as a player and uh, yeah um, he think uh, that I have some qualities who can help the team and uh, yeah uh, I think the same so uh, let's see uh, I have to work hard Yes, so let's move on to some other stuff. And fullback Joao Cancelo has signed a new contract with Manchester City, extending his stay at the Etihad Stadium until 2027. Cancelo's deal had been due to expire in 2025. The Portugal international who joined from Juventus in 2019 has made 106 appearances for the club, winning three major trophies. Since signing from Juventus three years ago, Cancelo has won Premier League title, one Premier League title and two EFL Cups. So that's what's going on with Joao Cancelo. And that's it for this morning's edition of Kickoff. My name is Benjamin Inketia. Kickoff was brought to us by Lechego and Santor Energy. There's more sports at citysportsonline.com. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. But now I'm a year when you didn't cheer, and I'm sorry. Now, you share a bomb and deal with your mom, and I broke my promise. What? Now I'm a kind of you didn't cheer, and I'm sorry. Yes. Hinting you I would pick beer, I would timid the yammy. What? Now we're paying you now, kind of me, I'm a marble. Machine, you're simming you now, men, you're beyond the cell. What? We many more, I would be with some of my favor. Because I'm in love with you now. Put up a bomb. Girl, I'm in love with you now. One time. Said I'm in love with you now. Girl, I'm in love with you now. Said I'm in love with you now. Girl, I'm in love with you now. Said I'm in love with you now. I'm in love with you now. Girl, I'm in love with you now. This is the Sea Breakfast Show. Seven thirty two. 97.3 CDFF. Couple of birthdays coming in. Happy birthday to Umaru Sanda Amadu. Umaru Sanda Amadu. Cowboy journalist extraordinaire. Known in private life as Altine. <laughs> Do you know Altine? <laughs> Apparently, when you are born on Monday as a Fulani, your name is Altine. Altine. Alessandra, you're a big man. Today is your birthday. We have to slaughter a cow. <laughs> Happy birthday to you, bro. God bless you and, and power you give you more wisdom. 
as you do your job in the media space. Happy birthday to Benjamin Kansuk and Joseph Kansuk or from Daniel Kansuk. May this day bring joy, health and favor. To my friend, my brother and my former member of parliament, Okankwe North Honorable Fuseni Issa. May the good Lord guide you. May your days be blessed. This is coming from Kofigo. Fuseni Issa. I join myself to that request. Happy birthday to you, bro. Another dear of whom I am well pleased. <laughs> Happy birthday to Master Jade in Opoku Dankwa of Mary Mother of Good Council School. You've been the perfect first gift God gave us. As you celebrate a decade on earth, we wish you nothing but God's continued blessing and guidance in every area of your life. From your parents, John and Anita Opoku Dankwa and your sister, Jodine. Please help me celebrate my big brother, Reverend Dr. Notching Cancer on his 62nd birthday. Coincidentally, today marks the 32nd anniversary of my father's passing into eternal glory. Life growing up was tough, but I'm very certain it would have been worse without your support in various ways. May God continue to bless you. Coming in from your brother, Basanio Kwame Jebi. Basanio, your brother is 62 years. Hey, Basanio was my mate too. Yeah, he's a prempe boy. Basanio, we did the same course. His brother is his day too. Hey, Basanio, Charlie, you do everything. Hey, your brother is his day too. That's the thing we can Hey, Basanio. And this is his big brother. So that that brings the question. How old is Basanio? Hey! No, it means your father had a lot of time in the children. Because I'm big brother, he's 62. Charlie? Wait, be Basanio, be small. Anyway, we have a few more requests to bring uh, you this morning. This one says, happy birthday yeah. to my nephew, yeah. uh, Sela Manukre Atimo. Okay. Your birth showed us God's faithfulness and emphasized his mercy towards man. Mm. You have grown into a fine gentleman. Mm. A walking testimony from Uncle JB and Auntie Nathalie. Nice one. Yeah. Him, happy birthday to Aditivi Esuman. May God bless and increase you greatly from your husband, Albert. And the kids are still a Rajua. And I'll bet to me, Virginia. And happy birthday going out to Eloma Bochi, mm. wife of Chris Walla, Esikpe. Mm. From the boys to you, Eloma, happy birthday. Mm. Also going out to Kimora Sika Troy. Today is your birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah. And to Ohimeng Teria of the Multimedia Group. Today is also the birthday of a big man at City. Who? A big man. He's large and in charge. From a situation to the world. I've already yeah, mentioned Yes, but, but let me also do mine. You won't do anything. This one, this one, this one is from. Oh, you wait. You wait. 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 Wait.
this this one is from uh, Coach Christopher Nimli yeah, man. to his sister Georgina Nimli. Yeah, man. And he says, on the day of your birth, your husband, Dr. Joseph Kwaku, your mm-hmm. children, Ni Kwe, mm-hmm. Andromaki, and mm-hmm. Ni Ade, say happy birthday, mommy, and God Andromaki. bless you. Yeah, Andromaki. Andromaki. So, Coach is wishing his sister, Georgina Nimli, a happy birthday. And there's one more coming into uh, uh, my nanny, Auntie Mami Esi. We are blessed to have you in our life and we are grateful for the love you shower on us, especially to the boys. Thank you for the sacrifices. God bless you, Auntie Mamiesi from Lieutenant Commander Abraham Tay, from Nanajua Tay, Jesse and Jeremy. This one says, Happy birthday to Cynthia Dede Komi of the Greater Accra Regional Hospital. She's an ardent listener of uh, listener of City FM. She loved me. This new year be good. Mm. And birthday blessings to veteran actress Madame Grace Norte. She's 85 years old Woo! yesterday was her 85th birthday <laughs> I wish one day you will become my wife. I wish one. Also, wishing happy birthday to Reverend Soa Ablo of the Victory Presby Church, Adenta Frafraha. May God bless and continue to favor you. Could you now can do your Sunday request? Yes. So, I went to a sutrari the last time. Yeah, man. And a few young guys. You, you went through the junction? No, I went to a sutrari Oh, a for Panos, yes. junction. Okay. Um, so, when I was coming back, mm. I met some guys. Yeah, some young boys. made me out. Said, yes. Ah, this is good. Could you, I could do what? Stop, stop, stop. stop. I stopped. Yes. Uh, Michael, Kwabna, mm. the other one I've forgotten. Yeah. They're like, if you go grease under for us, yes. he makes us very proud. Yes. Like, and you could see the excitement on yeah. their faces and everything. Even and the policemen who stop you at a spiritual junction, when you say you are from city, hey, who are you hey. hey, my brother. <laughs> <laughs> it's a heavy weight yes, there. And, and a morning mm. that I shoot uh, for, for him and mm. all the spiritual boys yeah, yeah. that are to the world. Yes. And they really, do they really, still do really sugar cane in spiritual? Um, the sugar factory is not working. What about rice? Um, rice is doing very well. Okay. Um, the irrigation scheme mm-hmm. was was um, it's, it's actually being expanded. Okay. So they are doing very 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 well with rice in Nigeria. Mm. Amazing. Birthday wishes are brought to you by Creamy Plus Evaporated Milk. Takes you back to the original creamy taste of evaporated milk. A great compliment to your tea, your coffee, your Gary soakings, your mashke, and your cereals. Yeah. It has vegetable fat and it's gentle on the stomach. 
Get your day started with the creamy experience of Creamy Plus. Available in all girls shops, shops, and other supermarkets in your neighborhood. You are always on my mind. You are in my heart. But I don't see where you see. My tiny baby. Watch out for the Entertainment Achievement Awards happening on the 26th, but the big one starts on the 8th. As we give you the nominations for the various categories music, film, sports, fashion, writing and poetry, photography, online events comedy and the ultimate entertainment personality of the year 2022 so the entertainment achievement awards is brought by city tv celebrates the creativity the outstanding personalities the impact and the influence of ghana's entertainment and creative arts industry follow the hashtag ea awards 2022 and on tuesday the 9th of of on the 8th of february there will be a live broadcast of the nominee announcement now dear vehicle owner are you rocking that faithful car or you have a fresh new number plate and need to pay for your insurance no matter the size big or small commercial or private Holad insurance has got you covered buy your new comprehensive or third-party motor insurance policy from Holad and get free full coupons and giveaways with our keep on driving promotion we process your policies without stress give you Road free roadside assistance when your car breaks down and pay your genuine claims without delay. Sign up at any Hollard Insurance Office nationwide or Hollard to you agent near you. If you want to reach us, call 0302-220-966. That's 0302-220-966. Haraba Hollard on WhatsApp 0242-426412. At Hollard, we've got you covered. And Central University, Ghana's leading private Christian university, invites applications for the 2021-2022 academic year. Apply now for any of our 41 degrees in social work, engineering, education, design, architecture, business admin, computer science, technology, theology, economics, MBAs, fields. Now, courses are available on our Christ Temple campus at Abosioka and Mutual in Dawinia and in Kumasi. Call 594 Zero eight one six five eight or zero three zero two three nine six one eight nine or visit central dot Central University, uh, strong in applied sciences, strong in applied humanities. And the APSA corporate investment, corporate and investment banking has the experience, expertise, and reach to ensure that together you can put your business at the forefront of the financial world, positively impact the communities in which you operate and power your global vision. Speak to the bank with the bravery to imagine and the will to get things done today. That's Africanasty, that's APSA, Corporate and Investment Banking. Visit apsa.com.gh Getting insurance has never been more exciting from January to March this year. Prime Insurance is rewarding new and existing customers across the country with valuable rewards worth over 5 100,000 CDs. Sign up, renew or upgrade your motor, homeowners, commercial fire and allied peril 
policies with Prime Insurance and get a juicy reward instantly with the Prime Jewelry promo. Uh, visit any Prime Insurance agent across the country and sign up or call 0208-598-216 or 0302-229062 or visit at Prime Insurance Ghana on Facebook on Instagram for more info. Prime Insurance, rest assured, you are insured. Later this morning, I'll be speaking to Ibukun Awosika. She's holding conversations in Ghana on the 6th of February on personal growth, business and career building and relationships. The Ghana edition of the live series with Ibukun Awosika. It's coming up this morning. I'll be talking to you around 9.20 a.m. Any books, an amazing, amazing woman. She's written three books. She's a business executive par excellence. First woman to be bought here of First Bank, Nigeria. The live series is coming on Sunday the 6th, 1 p.m. prompt, strictly physical event. I'll tell you more about that shortly. A quick one. Bernard, we the psychologists have been at a PRT disaster site to provide psychological interventions in the community. We are in the second week. Please thank the team for supporting Ghana, especially the intervention of the, the especially the intervention leader, Dr. Sandra Thompson Hassan, and the National Executive Committee of Ghana Psychological Association is grateful to their support or for their support. All right, so there, there are a couple of things to talk about this morning. Quick uh, debate that I'm going to remind you of. So yesterday. During City Prime News, Zoe Abubedu had a chat with the former MP for New Jaben East. I think New Jaben North, I'm not sure now. It's called Dr. Marcus Ibeyeboa. He was also the finance committee in the first uh, term of the Naku Fuadu. He's no longer MP, but he's an economist by training. And the interview was essentially around the E-Levy and the government projections of say, or from same and what it would do to help revamp the Ghanaian economy. Now, in his view, the E-Levy, number one, may not raise the need by government. And number two, it may not even be the right solution that the government should consider going to the IMF, which is the best option at the point. Of course, that's a debate that then ensued. So you have people like Dr. Cassio Atu Forsen, ranking member of the Finance Committee, uh, agreeing with him, but the Deputy Minister of Finance, Abinon Seasari, disagreeing. We also spoke to Professor Godfred Buckbin of the University of Ghana uh, School of Business. So all of those voices coming up shortly. Hey, 
So let's recap the key points being raised as the E-Levy debate rages on as Parliament decides when to do the vote. Yes, uh, Marcus Ebewa speaking on the E-Levy. Without a doubt, uh, I think uh, we should be placing a call to Washington if we, have, uh, if we haven't already done that. We are not going to back to the front just because uh, E-Levy has to be passed or not. The E-Levy, in all likelihood, will bring just about $5 billion into the kitty. We are in a big hole and uh, we are facing difficulties. And so going to the fund will give us some um, support. So there's nothing wrong with going to the fund. Mind you, we are members of the IMF. The IMF has 190 members, of which Ghana is one. And they pull resources from all of these 190 members. So we, we contribute to the pooled resources of the fund. So when you're in difficulty, you just go to them and borrow from the pooled resources. So there's nothing wrong with going to the fund when you're in difficulty. Are we not in difficulty? Sure, we are. Mm. So what, what's wrong with going to the fund to borrow from a, an organization of which you're a member and where you have contributed to the pooled resources? But that is something this government, the president, the finance minister has said there were no returning to. Well... Um, that's a decision for the economic managers to uh, uh, take. But if I, if I was finance minister, I would be convincing the president that I think it's about time we went to the front. All right. So the revenue being accrued from the e-levy, um, is it enough to, to prevent us from going to the IMF? Um, in total, uh, according to the 2022 budget, we are, uh, it's estimated that we'll rake in $6.9 billion for the entire year. Already January has passed. Today is 1st February. We haven't even passed the law. So in all likelihood, that 6.9 billion cannot be realized. Mind you, there are a lot of exemptions from how this was conceived earlier on. Uh, transfers between accounts owned by the same persons will not attract uh, the levy. Transfers from the payment of taxes, fees and charges, and other such electronic uh, clearance of checks. So in my estimation, the maximum amount that we could realize from the E-Levy this year is $5 billion. And uh, that's less than a billion dollars. So I, I, I don't think uh, the E-Levy is going to be the panacea to our, our revenue issues. Mm, you're advocating for us to go back to the program. Now, what will be the benefits um, for Ghana agreeing to go back to the IMF? Um, you see, why don't you arrange the fund? Um, we know that there's going to be some policy credibility. There are a lot of investors who hold Ghana paper. People ha- have about eight, $18 billion in the economy. You don't want, to, you don't want them to start uh, pulling their funds out. So once you have the fund, they think that, okay, things would be managed prudently. And so people keep their funds here, and they don't have issues uh, with the currency. And, uh, and so... Um, Going there guarantees some stability. Above all, you are going to get some $3 billion from the fund. Mind you, in 2020, the IMF gave us $1 billion for free. This same IMF that we are verifying, in 2020, they gave us $1 billion for free. In 2021, they gave us another $1 billion for free. Why do you want to eat our cake and have it? <laughs> we are in difficulty. When they give us freebies, we take them. Now, sign on to a program. In total, we could get about $3 billion from them over a three-year period. That $3 billion would be what you are uh, likely to get from the e in the next three years. Mm. 
Why do we then have to enter a program with a fund before we are assisted? Yes, because uh, um, if I'm giving you money, then I have to have a say in the decisions that you take. When when you give us $1 billion for free, we took it. Another $1 billion for free in uh, 2021, we took it. They are not going to give us any more funds. I, I can tell you for sure. They won't. And so you go there, you see our credit rating where it is now. It gives some assurance to invest test. There's credibility. Things get back on track. There's nothing wrong with it. I, I, I think there's a perception out there that going to the fund uh, uh, is not the right thing to do. President Kufo was there in 2001 with Hippie. In 2015, we we're back there. President Mills was there in 2009. There's, there's nothing wrong with going uh, entering into a program with the fund. Mm, so, in other words, um, the government should swallow its pride and go to the IMF for support. The government is not being proud. We are in a difficult because of COVID nineteen and all the related issues. We are in a big hole of our tax revenue. About ninety percent of our tax revenue is going to paying wages and salaries and interest payments. So we are only left with about ten percent. In March of uh, last year, we came up with four new tax measures: uh, the financial sector, FinTech uh, uh, levy, Delta fund. We realized only two billion in March. There were new tax measures which gave us only two billion. We are back. In, uh, last November, with a new one, eleven. If we continue on this path, I can uh, I can predict that by the next budget we will bring in a new tax handle. So we are in a difficulty because of all the challenges that have come as a result of COVID. And there's nothing wrong with going to the fund for some support. So that was. Uh Dr. Marcus Ibeba is the MP for, former MP for New Job in South, former chairman of the Finance Committee of Parliament and Economy, speaking to Zoe Abubedu yesterday. Now, on Eyewitness News, the MP for Ejumaku Enyanisiam and the ranking member on the Finance Committee, Dr. Kazialatu Fosen, agreed uh, with uh, Marcus Ibeba. He spoke to Marusanda Amadou. IMF program today will give Ghana up to three billion US dollars. In fact, Dr. Sibe was overly generous when he said that the ELEV is going to give us five billion cities. ELEV cannot give you five billion cities. He's making an assumption based on government official numbers that they are going to get six point nine, of which January we have not been able to implement it. So six point nine is for the is for the next twelve months. And January we've not been able able to implement it. We are in February. If care is not taken, even if they are successful in Parliament, implementation must start probably in the third month of the telcos. The telcos indeed have confirmed to us that the maximum the government can get from this e-levy, if they are successful, is $3 billion. So I'm saying that $3 billion already, first month is gone. Second month is about to go because you have you still not got the bill through. And third month, if care is not taken, may not happen. I don't know how it's going to turn out to be. This is a bill that has received public bashing ever. In fact, it's the most unpopular tax policy in the history of this country. Worse than when VAT was introduced. I mean, official polls will confirm to this. This is a fact. So let government not have some form of belief that obviously implementing the e-levy will be the one to solve the problem. Our hole is deep. The hole is deep. The debt levels are overly too high. Government expenditures, expenditure levels are so high. 
In fact, a number of expenditure handles are frivolous. And I believe that the antidote is for them to go to the IMF. So that going into the IMF, a couple of things will happen. Some credibility will be restored. In fact, government will be made to respect the fact that they have to keep into the fiscal sustainable limits. As we speak, the government thinks that anything goes. It's not helpful. It's not helping all of us. And I'm sorry to say that if they fail to place that call, the situation is going to get worse and worse and worse. That is what it is. And unfortunately, we are all going to suffer because of government inaction. We should expect bad days ahead of us because government is too slow in acting. Uh, whether because of politics, no one understands. The situation is bad. Let's admit. And I'm sure there are meaningful people in MPP out there. The likes of uh, uh, Dr. Akoto say, Professor Jan Bafo and co. may know the situation. I'm surprised they are not speaking because I expect them to speak by now because they know the true situation. And I'm happy that Dr. Makese Deyabua has come out to speak the truth. These are the kind of people that we need in the, in, in, in the country. I believe it's right that he speaks to the government. And the government must listen to some of them because I believe that where we are going, we are on a bad road. The economy is in a bad way. Are you not simply happy or excited because finally you get to draw with the NPP and say that we went to the IMF, you assaulted us, now you have gone back, uh, give us back our stone. So you're just looking for a companion at the IMF, isn't that the case? Omaru, if the economy goes bad, it doesn't affect only NPP. It affects all of us, whether you are CPP, PPP, NDC or NPP. I'm a Ghanaian first and a politician second. I have to do whatever it takes to protect the economy that I live with. And I believe that if we do that, we are preserving the country that we have. Ghana is our world. We don't have another country. There's a country and we need to do whatever it takes to protect it. I mean, look at what is happening in the market. Inflation is going up and up. I mean, look at the city. See what is happening at the pump. The hardship in the system. Are you telling me that it's only affecting MPP people? Obviously, no. So it is right for me to state what is wrong and what is right. At this point, it is not about comparing notes and to say that I went so they should go. No. The situation, as I said, in the year 2014, is far better than the situation we are in today. And where does, that leave, where, does that, to be. where does that leave our, our debt pool? You see, you see, we need to strategically position ourselves in a way that we will gradually claw back into the sustainable limits. Today, as of November, per my numbers, the debt levels is 81% of GDP. 81% of GDP. In fact, we will end the year December 2021 at a debt to GDP of 83%. Unprecedented. Unprecedented. I mean, where we are, they should tell us which particular regime since 1992 took us to that limit. You took, out, uh, you took over a country of debt to GDP of 56%. You've driven it to 83%. I mean, and counting, and counting. And I can assure you, this government then seems to understand that there is the need for us to pull the brakes. Every single week, a debt of the sort is being laid in Parliament. We've been asked upon to approve a loan for something. So they don't seem to understand that time has come for us to have a temporary moratorium on new loans and for us to rethink. Look, this country needs an economic forum so that all of us will speak our mind and let the government be aware that the path that they are taking us to is slippery. 
and it can collapse the economy of Ghana. And if that happens, it will not only affect NPP, it will affect all of us. So we have to speak out. Ghana doesn't belong to NPP alone. It belongs to all of us. So there is the need for us to speak. And I'm urging the right-thinking people in the society to also speak out. Our economy and the way it's being managed is dangerous. We need to put the brakes now. Atufosin, ranking member of Finance Committee 801. 97.3 CDFM, more on this. So to go or not to go? That is the question. But let's remind you, Tech and Social Media Trends brought to you by Vodafone. And if you don't have a Ghana card yet, contact your nearest NI office to get one now. Failure to register your SIM will mean you will not be able to make voice calls, use mobile money service, internet, and all other services linked to your SIM card. To register now, for star 404 hash for the prompts. No, you'll be required to send the following details of your Ghana card. Your PIN, your surname, your first name, your date of birth, and your gender. You will then receive a code which you will present to your nearest mobile network agent or customer care center for your biometric details to be captured. Send SMS to 655 on Vodafone or call 0800-110-622. This announcement is brought to you courtesy of Vodafone. Daniel Kranting is here with the segment. Good morning, Daniel. Good morning, Bernard. Uh, Guinea-Bissau is trending. Chale. Yeah. Yesterday, there was a reported gunfire mm. in their capital around the cabinet. Uh, the president mm. was reportedly attending a cabinet meeting. Um, yes, the gunfire. But the president has made a statement. Mm. He said it was an attempted coup. It was a failed att- attack on the democracy. So he wasn't successful. He says he's left many uh, members of the security forces dead. Um, so that's the news coming mm. from Guinea-Bissau. Um, also trending is um, Operation Clean Your Frontage. Mm-hmm. Hashtag is trending alongside Circle. Uh, yesterday, Operation Clean Your Frontage was launched. Um, the Greater Accra Regional Minister, Henry Korte, he was at Circle with some security personnel um, discouraging the um, hawkers there from selling on the pavements, crowding up the space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, workers and the traders at Circle also said, do no go. So it was sort <laughs> of a, a back and forth. That, it's a serious that, matter. Serious matter, but... It's, 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 it's something. If you see the way the place is clear. Oh, so this morning they cleared the yeah, place. They cleared the place. So it's easier to move. It's easier to hmm. move. Much, much easier. Let's hope they also find a place to sell. Let's, let's hope that so. That's yeah. the thing. That's the solution mm. they also need. Yep. Um, Terminal 1 is also trending. McDan, yesterday... They announced the suspension of their private jet operations at the Terminal 1 of the Kutuka International um, Airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said it was to enable the company who talks with the Ghana Airport Company Limited mm. contentions regarding operational procedures. So mm-hmm. we watched that space. Um, also in the trends is uh, Fatal Dauda. This is, Why is he trending? He's going to Kotoko. So because has has brought Sule Muntari, they're going to take Fatal Dauda. Charlie, what is that? Is it there as a coach or a player? No, as a player. You know, um, Kotoko lost their goalkeeper. In fact, they sold him to Sheriff Tiraspol. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's the Champions League team that yeah, Eric uh, um, Edmonado, Edmonado plays for. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Razap Abalora went to um, Sheriff Tiraspol and they need a replacement. How much vilified Abalora? Hmm. He's gone to Sheriff Champions League team. And Amuti Hamuki can't say Ghana for so fatal down that lion has gone to Kumasi wow. I saw him on the tracker a couple of weeks ago, yeah. really spoke intelligently about the team. He's a very smart, smart, yeah. yeah. In fact, when you listen to his analysis, he really game. understands yeah. the game, yeah. Really I wish him well, but Sule at Hansu Focus is the bigger story, yeah. 
Sky was posting it, BBC was So that left foot, eh? Fuck. If we even get two free kicks with that left foot per game, that's all we need. That's all we Just need. two free kicks per game. <laughs> that's all. Phobia is yeah, also trending is uh, shoot your shot vows. All right. uh, this one it doesn't concern you when you are married. Okay. Um, for the single people. <laughs> I should do what? Well, you are married. Shoot your shot vows. Yeah, shoot your shot. Yesterday there was a space on Twitter. Um, you join uh, any girl that you are crashing on, any girl that you have intentions for, mm-hmm. you tell her you free your mind. If she likes, she likes. If she doesn't like, she should wow. go. Times are hard. Yeah. <laughs> times for which people? Times are hard for which people. The economy is not working. At least laugh to you. Can laugh must work. Go <laughs> shoot your short bar. I'm taking this before I go. Mm. Now the latest update to the um, uh, Apple's operating system that's iOS. Mm-hmm. It's uh, iOS 15.4. Right. Now it allows you to use your Face ID. Mm? Yes, it. Uh, your Face ID will recognize you mm? once you are wearing a face mask. Mm? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, hmm. <laughs> I remember they tried this. I've tried it here. You wear your face mask. So, whilst you are wearing your face mask, Apple will tell you that it is you. It's you. So, they'll yeah. scan your eyes or your forehead or whatever. Yeah. In the, <laughs> yeah. the name of technology. Hmm. <laughs> it's called what? Apple scan your face. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. This is Butcher Banton. And I've got something special to say. With my dear friend, who is my friend. minutes past eight city breakfast show still on the debate to go to the imf or not i'm sure they're getting some quick comments nathan <laughs> but if you want to become financially independent uh we at edc investment can help you do that don't leave your future to chance because ego b is not a plan think smart invest now visit any echo bank branch 
and start investing with EDC or log on to www.echobank.com or slash SWAM. Complete an investment application form today. You can also call EDC Investment 0302-634-165 or send a WhatsApp to 0595-235065. EDC Investments is a member of Echobank Group with EDC. Financial independence is possible. And as part of Farm Milk Ghana's commitment to constantly providing high quality and keeping products affordable, we have made a slight upward adjustment to the prices for some key products. So our big size fan yogo strawberry 145 ml, fan choco 145 ml, as well as fan nice and fandango have all moved from one CD 50 pesos. They've moved from one CD 20 pesos to one CD 50 pesos. We've also introduced a 180 ml fan nice at two CDs. Can you check our social media pages, distribution? points and points of sale for the new prices yeah. milk is proud of its heritage in ghana spanning over half a century for more information call fan milk 0204-312-932 back to the debate to go to the imf or not next to speak was economist and professor of finance university of ghana professor godfred buckbing he thinks that the e-levy is a retrogressive tax. We can have a homegrown right with clear benchmark indicators and clear, clear requirements. A homegrown solution cannot support this large government size and wastefulness. That is the kind of homegrown we are talking about. You don't keep that inefficiency large, largely uh, anti-growth and talk about e-levy as the only solution. No. You have to look at it holistically. So so I, I am not against totally we going to the IMF. It, 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 it's it, an it, option, it, so it's an option that should be explored, like a CBA boy say. Probably the last resort. What other steps are there before IMF? Because it's E-Levy and IMF. Do you have other middle look, ground? I think, I think we should not even pitch E-Levy side by side IMF. I don't think I don't think that is in our best interest. And the reason I'm saying so is that we all do recognize that we need more revenue. We, we, there's consensus around that, that our tax effort is you know, probably one of the lowest in South Southern Africa. We all do agree. The way to prop that up is where we disagree. And, and the reason we disagree is that we, we have accommodated and allowed too much wastefulness and leakages in our revenue envelope that that choosing e-levy as the solution is much more a lazy approach and in fact is one that perhaps does not recognize the reality of the hardship on the ground and the fact that people at the lower end and practically with nothing that you want e-levy to further depress them i think that is not the way to go and the reason is simple look you you know if the country is serious that we want to address these things. You want to pick the auditor's report, auditor general report, see the leakages in there. You are losing, look, the tax justice network contends that Ghana loses annually $2.27 billion through exemptions. Come on. If you look at what we are losing through gold and evaluation, ESA recently published a report to that effect. Come on. And if you look at the inefficiency in our public investment process, come on. If you put all these things together and you want to, you are bent on passing e-levy without 
taking drastic measures where you could save more from here. And rather than and, and then you want to put E-Levy side by side IMF, it's unfortunate. I think that we have, how much are we even getting? Look, uh, even if you raise $6.9 billion a cities from the E-Levy this year, and you look at it in dollar terms with the exchange rate depreciation, it's just a little above $1 billion. You could actually get that by plugging the, loop, uh, the, 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 the leakages. This is, this is the leadership that we want. You see, when wastefulness is accommodated to the level that we, we have and the level of corruption and inefficiency, more money doesn't solve your problem. And, the, and that is why uh, the IMF issue should not be put side by side with this one. The reason is simple. You are not going to the IMF to go and get $5 billion because the IMF knows very well that your solution is actually no more money. That is why you won't get more than $5 billion from there. You should look at your SDR and the computation and all of that. In fact, when there was this same program, how much did you get? You got less than a billion dollars. Is that not so? But the reason is that, the, 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 the understanding is that you need more physical discipline. A sports child needs discipline. You don't give that person more money. So you are not going to get more money from the IMF. It's more about tightening. It's more about fiscal discipline. It's more about expenditure rationalization. It's more about efficiency. These are things that we ourselves have not been able to do ourselves. And then we submit ourselves to the IMF. But let me tell you, we have been there 16 times sustainably. What, 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 what do we have? But, of course, in terms of the short-term macro stability and all of that, we, 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 we do get that when we go to the IMF program. But, of course, it comes at long-term investment in health, education, another uh, uh, social protection, another critical investment that will spell long-term economic growth and inclusiveness. That, there's a price. You see, so when you, when you mismanage your affairs and you are talking about, about macroeconomic stability, you want to go to the IMF, it's going to come at a price. That fiscal adjustment that you have to go through, unfortunately, is not evenly distributed and tends to affect the poor, the marginalized, the socially excluded, and less to do people in society. This is our problem. So for you, homegrown solution is all right, but uh, not necessarily the type that is being pushed, as in no, 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 no. I mean, look, and even when government says that they have cut expenditure 20% across the board, I'm looking at the science behind it. You consider all kinds of expenditure you cut across ministries, all of that. No. We want, we want more details. Look, government should signal that, you know what, they appreciate the reality of the challenges and reduce the size of government, right, to about 50 ministers. Immediately, you will make some savings, right? It may not be that significant, but the signal is sent to the market. We are waking up. Okay. Very well. Let's leave we need it. to do that. Mm. And that is not the only thing. And you want to get serious with the leakages in the revenue envelope and say that, you know what, we will not allow this to happen. The multinationals that are enjoying the exemptions are in tax-paying position. All right, so that was Dr. Graphic Bobby. Now, on the show was Deputy Minister of Finance and also MP for Etiwa East, the Honorable Abner Seasari. So, I put all these questions to her. Will Ghana go to the IMF? Will the E-Levy be enough? Will government be able to fashion out a well-thought-through homegrown economic solution? This is Honorable Abner Seasari's response. Thank you very much, and good evening to your listeners. Omari, um, uh, yes, we need to raise the needed revenue. All across the world, we've been hit by COVID. Uh, circumstances have changed. Everybody, it's, it's a global effect that we all have. In various economies, inflation has gone up, and so many things. And this government says, 
we need to raise revenue domestically. And how do we do that? Not just raising revenue domestically, but also widening the tax net such that we rope in the informal sector. So the e-levy is not just about raising revenue, but it's also roping in the domestic, the informal sector, so that at least everybody, there will be some equity in the payment of taxes. And um, I will disagree with uh, the former finance committee chair. It is not about credibility issues here. In the last period that we went to IMF, for four years, we were given $981 million. For four years. And then um, during the COVID, they gave global support of $1 billion. And the special drawing right is something that they also gave in the form of global support to every country, every member country. So let me state it clearly that the $1 million that they gave to us was for COVID support, and it's a global something that they gave for everybody. And the special drawing rights which they gave to us last year uh, was also um, a global in nature, and every country, every person, every country part of the IMF also got this. So if we have problems, why can't we come up with homegrown solutions? And this, I believe, is a homegrown solution that will best serve our interests, that will rope in more people into the tax net. And we believe that with this e-levy alone, we will get up to about 85% of the informal sector also I mean, getting the opportunity to pay taxes. E-levy in a year will give us about a billion, something that it took um, four years for the IMF to give to us. And if you have issues with um, revenue and government says, this is the measure I believe will help one, close the gap between our tax to GDP ratio. Omari, when you compare us to our peers um, across the West African sub region, we are doing 13.4% um, of tax to GDP. This is even with the 2021 figures that we had for our revenues, where we exceeded our target. But countries like Cote d'Ivoire, Nigeria, are doing about 16.5%. So we believe that with this e-levy, we also inch towards um, uh, the tax to G GDP ratio amongst our peers and also help the country to accelerate in its development. We all want to see development. We go to the e OECD countries, they are doing about 30% of tax to GDP ratio. We see the way they have developed their country. And this is a form of um, a, a sort of a springboard that will help us in the long run to develop our country. Okay. And the, the, the figure we are working with as a, as, as a country is that we are expecting 6.9 or 7 billion cities yeah. from E-Levy, yeah. correct? 7 billion yeah. cities. Yes, about okay. 6.9. Yeah, so, so roughly 7 billion. Now, are we sure and certain, considering all the delay and considering the fact that we are told the last uh, quarter of um, last year showed a dip in the Momo business, that we really would be able to generate as much as we are, we are banking our hopes on, considering these facts, that one, people are saying they're going to put the Momo away and use hard cash. Last year, we are told the last few months didn't look good since the government announced the Momo tax. And now we are in February, you still have not got that clearance in Parliament. Are you sure by the end of the year you really get that $7 billion you are hoping to get? Tomorrow, um, first and foremost, we said that we were to kickstart the e-levy in February. So um, uh, we, we never said we were going to begin with that in January. We said February. So we are hoping that um, all things being equal, uh, 
course of this week, um, we will be able to um, pass um, the E-Levy in, in, in the first case. We said February, so we are hoping that we will get it. Omari, let me tell you this. Uh, everybody, most people don't like paying taxes. So sometimes um, at the initial stage, yes, you get some form of reaction. But um, let me tell you the convenience Momo gives to us. I mean, the safety that comes with paying uh, money through Momo and you lie in the comfort of your room and your office and you are able to send money. So in, in, the, in the beginning, yes, you see some reactions, some adverse reactions because of this. But in the long run, um, people will tell you, I mean, see, Omaru, the, the telcos were charging 2% and we're okay with it. And government is saying, um, I heard you, I wanted to do one for in 75. And upon consultation with various stakeholders, I have um, um, brought it down to 1.5. And this is revenue that we are going to use to close our road infrastructure gap. This is revenue that we are going to use to help support our youth, our teaming youth, to, to get some skills, acquire some skills and build their capacity to enable them also, I mean, reduce the unemployment um, situation in the country. So, Omaru, this is for a good cause. And this, I believe, in the long run, will help people go all out and use the Momo as, as, as they were using before. Okay. That's a reaction, like I said, initially. But with time, when you look at the convenience and all the... Uh, the good things that come with paying, using Momo to pay or transact business, and people will go back to it and then we'll see. We believe that at the end of the day, we will get the revenues that um, we put under the E-Levy of 6.9 or even more. 826, Abuna Sari, Deputy Minister of Finance, MP for Etiwa East. Oh, Lord. So the big question this morning, to go to the IMF or not. When I come back from your money, I'll be talking to two of my key people. I'll speak to Setek, the former Minister of Finance. What does he make of the debate around E-Levy? Is it much ado about nothing? Are there bigger issues with our economy than the E-Levy? Then I'll speak to Ken Thompson as well. He's the chief executive of Dalex. He has also been expressing views. In fact, some of the Facebook who said, many, many years ago, I think almost six, seven years ago, that Ghana was broke. <laughs> He's been saying that almost every year. Governments have changed. The country is still broke. So we'll deal with those two when we come back. All right, but uh, let's read a few quick comments on the E-Levy and also the IMF debate, 054-998-6996. Right. This one says, almost every policy mm. that this government criticized the previous government for uh, when they were in the opposition, has come back to bite them. It's arrogance that is preventing them from going to the IMF. Mm-hmm. And if I may ask, have they factored into their so-called revenue projections mm-hmm. the apathy that will greet the E-Levy when forcefully pushed down mm-hmm. our throats? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Emisa is asking, are these people speaking as politicians mm-hmm. or economists? If the E-Levy is going to give us something close to what the IMF will give us, why go to the IMF with all the conditionalities? Mm. John Sadobo in La says, this government should swallow its pride and seek I- the IMF's intervention. All the indications show that we are heading towards uh, a collapse of the economy. Okay, And um, this one says, innovative tax mobilization initiatives to spread the tax net. I've heard it from my days in the uni, mm. but until date, politicians... Mm. 
academia, economists, and tax technocrats have failed woefully to craft the right solution mm-hmm. uh, to achieve this objective. Are we just a nation of talkers? Mm. It's about time we cut the talk and applied the science. Mm. Justice from New Ashaman Estate says, homegrown solutions include plugging all the leakages and rationalizing expenditure. Government must give us comfort around this. Mm-hmm. Okay, and... Um, this one says, Deputy Minister Abna Asar is not making sense. After wasting resources and increasing salaries and benefits of Article 71 holders, including politicians in government, they want to tax Momo. Mm-hmm. Say no to E-Levy. That's from Emmanuel Houston mm-hmm. in Germany. Mm-hmm. Okay. Alright, so it's 8.28. Coming up next is Your Money. Brought to you by Carl Bank. Let the car salary advance help you meet those urgent financial requests you have without going to go begging for help from your network. This short-term loan offering you can request up to 80% of your next salary today. Visit any of our branches nationwide or call us toll-free on 0800-500-500. And also chat with us on our online platforms on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and WhatsApp. Contact us via Gmail at or email at customercare at carbank.net. Carbank forward together. So what's the midweek tip for the morning, Nathan? Well, today we are on the, the thing on uh, investment. So the quote, the, there's a quote here that says, if you don't find a way to make your money work for you while you are asleep, mm. you will keep working when you have to sleep. Charlie, I like that. If you don't find a way to make your money work for you while you are asleep, mm. you will keep working when you have to sleep mm-hmm. so please when you are doing your savings invest it let it generate more money mm-hmm. let it generate more money i mm. keep telling people you may say oh it's not 20 percent interest it's not 50 percent interest look invest that money let it generate more money for you or mm. else mm. when your money has to be working when you are sleeping mm. you'll be working when you have to sleep that was your money brought to you by Calvin. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. Time check 832. Sir is a former Minister of Finance. He is also a tax consultant with PM, PFM. Uh, quick thoughts around the big debate over the economy. 
whether even this idea of the IMF versus E levy is the right equivalence. Let's start with that. Good morning, Honorable Setekbe. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Bernard. And uh, good morning to your listeners. Thank you, sir. It seems as if we have succeeded in making the debate whether to go to the IMF or whether to charge the E levy. Is that actually the right structure for this conversation? Um, as far as going to the IMS, uh, if I may put it in the stream, E-Levy is irrelevant. Uh, but yes, it will help. But then, what is the objective of taxation? We can come to that. That is the issue with the E-Levy. That's the way I like to look at it. But let me address your first question, why I said that it may be irrelevant. The $7 billion approximate that is being calculated, whether you exceed it or not, and some estimates suggest, as I just said, we may not, it's already part of the $100 billion revenue for the year. I urge people to go to Appendix, I believe, 3A of the budget, and you will see it listed there as a source of revenue among under uh, direct taxes or indirect, sorry, other taxes. So the details are there, especially the financial analysis. So it is not an additional money that is going to flow to the budget. As a two uh, honorable forcing, you know, mentioned, it is already, you know, a part of the 100 billion. That's why he's saying if we miss, you know, two or so months, it means that you are missing that revenue target already. Now, the real issue why you want to go to the market, to the, uh, you, you want IMF, and it's only IMF, remember, when you do an IMF program, World Bank has clarity, African Development Bank has clarity, development partners have clarity, and that is why I kept saying that, look, when we did a homegrown policy, our, our effort, and we said it was a policy credibility. Policy credibility is not a dirty word. It is because there's a fit, and we are soon going to have Moody's, and we are going to have S&P ratings coming in. Just as the World Bank, IMF, everybody is warning us, and we lack market assets. And I'll explain that. That is the reason. You cannot go to the market to borrow. And if you cannot go to the external market to borrow, you are going to depend on your domestic market. That has an effect. It has an effect on crowding out private uh, uh, what, uh, credit which will go to private sector. It will affect domestic interest rates, you know, and the rest. That is a key issue. So if the uh, E-Levy is part of $100 billion, and we have a deficit of $37 billion, which, by the way, if you go to the same appendix, you will see that instead of bringing $37 down and adding $5 billion bailout costs, which will give you a deficit of 43. The balance that was brought down was 32 billion. And then five was added to give you seven. So it's as if it didn't make any difference. This is the second time this has happened. The first time was, I think, 2019. So our deficit is actually 43 billion. Right? So if you take it to be 43 billion or even 42 billion, seven billion, that's just one sixth of what, you know, the money we require to finance the deficit. Uh, yes. So, 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 hold on. So, so you're saying that we are making too much of the e-levy because, in the context of the hundred billion we need, the six or seven billion or five billion, whichever amount we raise, is quite small and it's already been factored. And it's part of it already. 
It's part of the 100 billion revenue. So I'm saying that if it's part of the 100 billion revenue, right, and your deficit is that 100 billion minus expenditure, which is giving you a deficit of 37% uh, negative, and that is what you need to finance. The E-Levy is not going to finance that deficit because it was factored in determining that deficit. And that is a deficit which the markets are saying you lack credibility okay. in terms of your ability to come and borrow and pay. I get that point. The last time we went on an IMF program, properly so-called, if I recall, we got about $980 million spread yes. over at least three to four years. Yes. If I am correct, that is still less than a billion cities. So, yes. I mean, sorry, that's about, that's about six... Uh, that's our six billion cities so it's similar to the e-levy so how will an imf program help our fiscals it, it doesn't look like it will do much it's similar to the e-levy that's isn't why it? i'm focusing that's why i'm focusing on your ability to borrow let me give you an example it makes a difference on your ability to borrow over that four or five years right and so let me give you the specific example um if if you go back then the issues were single spine the issues were Ability to buy crude oil for VRA because of a, a doom song, you know, and all those things. Then the issue became in 2015 when crude oil prices fell, you know, from $99, where we to use for the budget, to below $40, you know, dollars. The budget became very tight. And that's why I said, I remember we attempted our homegrown policy, but when after we had assessed the whole of the a single spine, which eventually we paid over time, right? But the point is that you need to finance the budget now and next year before you give yourself a third and fourth and and, a, and that is the credibility which the fund will give to you. At the moment, you couldn't go to the market last year. You said you raised five billion, right? You raised two billion, including a zero coupon bond, which you gave up hundred and fifty billion. That's what we gave up to get three fifty. And we are going to replace five fifty. So the market was already closing. That's why we did that zero coupon bond. Whether it is innovative or not, we paid heavily for it, the highest interest rate ever. If you express 150 billion over 350 or over 550, it's the highest interest rate ever. And then we couldn't go for the remaining 2 billion, right? And if you look at the budget, we have reduced what we are going to borrow externally to about 8 billion or so. Look at the financing. So we have acknowledged that the market assets is already tough. So what difference is with what difference with seven billion this year or even next year, even if you raise that money? What difference will it make to that opinion that your deficit is high? But 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 but, but honourable so, Mr. Tep, so I get the point that is policy credibility that the IMF will give a country. But for me, why do we even have to go to the market? Because your premise is that even though the money IMF will give us is not enough. It will give us credibility with World Bank, ADB, development partners, and the markets, so we can borrow. Our debt to GDP is close to 80, if not more than 80. Why do we even need to be thinking about borrowing anymore, right? So, in a sense, you're saying if you go to the IMF, the market will say, okay, you're on a good program, and therefore we'll lend you more money. Why, why should we borrow anymore? <laughs> We're looking at where our debt levels are. Okay, let me go to where on our uh, to London, and I've made that debate that our issue is expenditure. Are we able to finance the program, you know, which we have on the table? 
Again, let me give you an example. We said we were doing 150 e-schools. Then crude oil prices fell. We went to parliament to revise, you know, I remember going into the election. Yes, elections were coming. But we told the nation that we couldn't borrow, right? We couldn't borrow. And therefore, we trimmed it, if you remember, to about 50 to 60 schools to be completed out of 200. It became an issue to be completed when 10 failed and then uh, Sankofa came on stream in 2017 and we have more room for borrowing. That was the argument going into 2016. Right, but let me give you a current reason why borrowing is inevitable. Why? Because your budget, you are using your total revenue, including e levy. It's estimated. I remember, take the medium term, take the medium term budget, which has been, which is in the appendix, right? 2020, 2022, 23, 24, 25. You see e levy running through it, and ask yourself. And or ask the you know the government, right? Yearly is there. How come we are not able to bring this down to the fiscal stabilization, uh, uh, sorry, fiscal responsibility at rate of five percent in the three years? Because remember, bailouts and other things are not in it. It's already been factored, and we are going to continue with the deficit. Please look at the the medium term projections. It has been factored. And so it is as impacted, and that is what we are presenting as homegrown, and therefore we are not going to borrow. We are saying, again, look at the table which some of us have done. And the factor is this. All your revenue from now through that period, if you don't do any major restructuring, is going to pay compensation and interest. So unless you don't want to, unless you don't want to uh, uh, continue with Servicing government, which is the mm. rest of the recurrent expenditure. But, but sir, and your then, your compensation, me, your me, compensation includes a, a, a government which is very large. So when you tell an ordinary Ghanaian that you have to continue borrowing because you have to finance your expenditure, and your expenditure includes a large government, in fact, the the breakdown that we've seen, you are right. A lot of it goes into recurrent expenditure, some of which is not very productive. Shouldn't the government be thinking about? cutting out a lot of that waste, cutting its costs well, according I, to its size, stopping no, the borrowing. I responded to that. No, Bernard, I responded to that. Ghana is reputed to have done 17 or 18 austerity programs. Sometimes because we are profligate, sometimes because we are bushfire, sometimes because a customer dam goes down and we need to buy fuel subsidy and the rest. Sometimes you know, because of external factors, global financial factors, COVID and the rest. If you go back to Dr. Bush's era, every single one of these programs has expenditure components. Every single one. For example, the last one we did with the fund, right? We went to who? We went to Senti and we calculated. We didn't know that we didn't know the liability for single span. Single spine and it kept migration kept coming. We sat down, calculated it, and we told the fund we are going to pay in three years. And so, once you get, have that in the program, that's the credibility I'm talking about. So, you are right. Expenditure is a factor. But I'm saying, as we speak today, before you can manage your, your uh, 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 compensation, and remember, teachers are on strike, they are asking for more. Others are asking for more. We have arrears, okay? 
Those are statutory commitments. But I'm talking about essential expenditure. Let me list them for you, for which you need to borrow unless you go and refinance. What? Uh, compensation. Assuming you even you even put a cap, and already that is why NACO and others, we are now saying we'll push them to entrepreneurial. That's why we are saying things like, you know, okay, let tertiary students, you know, pay, you know, uh, 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 all tertiary institutions take loans. Just like the investors and the rest, when me and you went to the university, when we were talking about these policies, and we were told that it could be financed. Those are statutory. Let me add another three, please. First, I'm saying that you have paid your compensation, you have paid interest. When you pay interest, you haven't paid the principal. That's amortization. You have to borrow. If you don't borrow, right, that's not part of your authority. Because if you don't borrow, you default. It's like entry, you will be forced to go. You will default. Secondly, even if you have for, even if you have covered compensation and you have covered interest, right, and you have borrowed for that, at least you need to run government. Otherwise, people will just go to office and wound, and that is part the remainder of the recurrent expenditure. Now, even if you have borrowed, you know, you have paid for this, my last one, right? You need to continue some pipeline projects. Some of them, you have loans to finish them, but your loan is financing 80%. You have to finance 20% from the budget. So these are essential. And as we speak now, we have to borrow for those. And then we can re refinance those we can suspend, we can suspend. That is what you know, a program is all about. So when we did the homegrown policy, for example, we had clarity. So when we went to the fund, we tabled the homegrown policy because after all, that is what we we're going to, okay. to do. So if, if I the get if I if I get you right, you're saying yeah. that go to IMF for policy credibility so that other portals will open to you, World Bank, ADB, development partners, the market will be kinder to you. Number two you are not clear whether the homegrown policies of this government are as well thought through and comprehensive as you were proposing during your time. Number three, you're saying borrowing is inevitable because looking at where our expenditure revenue gap is, there's no way we can run as a country if we don't borrow. Because if for nothing at all, there are debt principles to pay. So yeah. th there's no we has reached upwards of 79. So stop borrowing. This is the summary of what you are saying. Yeah, you you borrow because you have commitments and you don't want to you don't want to default. But then, alongside with that one, you borrow part of the money from the market to refinance and to pay down some of the debt. And then you put in other measures as we did with a sinking fund. We are saying we cannot be borrowing and don't have a mechanism for repayment, right? So we set up the sinking fund. And to give you an example, when we set up the sinking fund. We were able to use 550 million US dollars to pay the first sovereign bond. In fact, 200 million was left, and it was used on October 4th, 2017, to pay that balance. Ghanaians were not made away, but that's what the Fiskeki Fund did for us. Now, that bond was 750 million. So if you paid 550 with your own money, it was left with 200. How did we pay for that? You remember in 2015. When we did the bond at 10.2, it became an issue. The entire one billion, the whole amount, was used to refinance. Not a penny went into the budget. 
We use it to pay down domestic bonds, the three-year bonds that were falling due. We use it to pay down treasury bills and the rest. And please, go to the debt management report. Go to the debt management report for 2020. And you will see the rate of growth is in the debt management growth uh, report. For the first time from 2014, when we started implementing those policies, the rate of borrowing started going down. So, so you think you think you think they should have continued with the approach you use in managing the sinking fund? If I didn't believe in it, you know, uh, uh, Bernard, it's not about me. But the question is, we are where we are. How do you continue? How do you borrow? And then when you borrow, you just throw it seven years. You throw it off thirty uh, thirty years, forty years to catch up with you. You are paying the interest. Remember, twenty twenty five, twenty twenty five, right? The situation that faced us in 2014 was that we were in 2014 and we were able to see that in 2017 we have to cough up 750 million to pay the first sovereign bond. We had been paying on the interest. And so we said that the Constitution, this is why the framers of the Constitution says there should be a sinking fund. We are talking about disasters. That's why the framers of our Constitution said, set up a contingency fund so that when there's a flooding in the north, you can fall on it. So that when there's a disaster like Apiate, you fall on it, you know, as an emergency because you have built up the fund. And then you don't disturb the regular flow of the budget. But you build those funds through the stabilization fund. Remember the source is the stabilization fund. You build those funds through the stabilization fund when times are good. At the moment, crude oil prices are 85. But because of our debt situation, we have not uh, uh, restored the cap of the stabilization fund so that we can put money into the stabilization fund. I can tell you that the next conflict that will come, we will not have 250 million US dollars ourselves, which we use you know, for COVID. That was the first fund we used when COVID struck, before we even went to the IMF. That is how you win yourself off IMF. Those policies, short answer, those are the policies which other countries are implementing. Mm. And that is what moves you from a developing country to an emerging economy. And I had it, I, I faced it first and I saw it mm. first. I, I, countries, yes. I noticed you are, you are giving us a, a financial management angle to the conversation so that you manage your you're borrowing and expenditure in a way that will free you over the long term. But there are some who feel that eventually... Sorry, let me just, let me just intervene. And notice that, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. notice that I'm taking my source from the framers of the Constitution. I get that. There were managers of the economy before us, and they went through bushfires, remember, cocoa farms, you know, which, you know, some of us suffered because our parents were cocoa farmers when we were going to school. Mm. Right? Mm. Mm. And they said... In 1992, this is what we have seen, you know, in the past. So let us put a sinking fund in place to pay down our debt. And let us establish a contingency fund because you will always have crisis. And then when we did the PRMA, it wasn't being done. So when we did the PRMA, why was that? The rationale is that. Oil revenue is new to them. No, 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 no problem. You see, I'm not, I'm not, I get yours. I'm not trying to go back to your time and sort of try and justify what you don't know. And beyond, no, my time. No, no problem. Where I am now is that there is a discussion about e-levy, which you're saying 
we're making too much noise because the amount is not as significant i hear you on that now you're also saying that the imf is not necessarily for the money because the money may not be enough to to deal with the whole now it seems as if there is a political question about the imf because yeah. the government that you were finance minister was criticized indeed in the run-up to 2016 it was one of the, the things that was said that because you had mismanaged the economy you had to run to the imf although you were saying that it was for policy credibility and you've explained that do you think that some of the barriers to the going back to the imf are more political than economic and that if the finance minister sat in his room with his charts and did cold economic and finance calculations he would see that he had to go to the imf but because of the politics around going to the imf and what it means for campaign and all those things he, the view within his government is that he should not go? Well, it is surely a political economic question. And in fairness, remember I said that we ourselves said we were going to do homegrown and we're not going to go to the IMF. And then World Bank withdrew budget support. And you had to pay wages, you had to pay service plan arrears and the rest, and we needed to borrow. So yes, it's a political economic question. But Bernard, what is the real situation? When we had COVID, where did we go? After we had hesitated, remember COVID came after we had hesitated. The test of resilience, the test of whether you are able to stand on your own feet and not go to the IMS, is not when times are good. It is not when you have two oil fields, additional oil fields, and you are having revenue. It's not when you have Tesla. It's not when you have you know, money in the seeking fund. It's not when you have money in the stabilization fund. It's when disaster strikes. That is the test of resilience. That is the point at which many countries go to the IMS. And that is the point at which Portugal, Ireland, Greece, Spain, the so-called PICS, went back to the IMF ever since the Second World War for support. But they hesitated within two years. So why did we go back to the IMF? You know, after we had hesitated to go and get RCS. It's because we were not capable. It's because we had a hole that was deeper even before COVID. I've always said it's between 3 to 5%. It's in the RCF report. So we've gone to the IMF already after we hesitated. Well, but after we went, you know, we said, oh, we had hesitated, we are done. Oh, COVID is nothing, you know, that has ever happened and whatever. Fair enough. We took SDR, IMF. Yes, that one is our money. It's our appreciation of our money, you know, as the deputy minister said, right? Yes. But how are we using the SDR? Mm. One, you take the budget, go to revenue and see whether you see the inflow that is coming SDR. See whether you see it in revenue. Go to expenditure and see whether it is in capital and which we, it is our own money and we are capable of managing. What project are we going to use one billion to say that this is our you know capital that appreciated and we have taken it from the IMF? You know, and therefore this is the project we are going to use. Where do you find SDR? It is in financing. So the deficit of 37 that we are talking about, it is after we have used SDR to pay down the deficit. Otherwise, the portion of the SDR, which is in the budget, would have increased the deficit. Is that the best way to use it in the SDR? That's the situation we are in. Mm. I wanted you to clarify something you said. You said that looking at the way things are going by 2025, are you saying that our some debts will be due in 2025 and that whoever is in charge at the that time will be in trouble? Will be due. The zero coupon. Ghana will be expected to pay 550 or so approximate million, you know, in, in 2025. 
Yes, it's good you reminded me. That's why I was going, you know, when we went back. Because the zero coupon is 2025. And as we speak, there are other bonds which we have to pay. And then every five years after, we have to pay an average of something. It's in the, it's in the budget. The, the, the table is in the budget. You can, you can ask your uh, producers to, you know, I'm not, I'm not at home, so I'm not able to get a, a reference quickly. But it's in the budget. They can do a quick reference and see the profile, you know, for the bonds that we have issued, which are going to fall due. So in 2025, that is, you know, three years from now, we have to cut 550 million. And that's one of the reasons we have to go to there. You will go to the market to have market uh, access credibility to go to the market to refinance. Otherwise, you know, we are going to have to cover that money. Are we in a condition to do that when in that year even the deficit is projected to be high? Mm. So from, from, from what you are saying, it seems you are very concerned about the direction of the economy. And if something drastic is not done, it seems as if you fear the West. Well, yes, I do. Because I'm using, remember, I have not quoted anything. I gave only one personal opinion, which is that, I, I don't think I didn't mention it, the budget of $37 billion, right? I think I mentioned it. Yes, you did. The, uh, the deficit should be 42 I know. But I'm saying that yes. even beyond that, you're, you're, you seem to think the economy is not heading the right direction. Yes, and that if something... So just hold on. Yeah, so in terms of this, something drastic, one is IMF, the other is possibly restoring the usage of funds. In terms of the debt management strategy you were using in the past, which seemed to work better, what else do you think finance minister ought to drastically do between now and say June to change Tackle direction? Tackle expenditure. Every government, that's why I've said that all the 18 programs that we have had, then you won't see one of them without expenditure because crisis comes. There are eventualities and your budget gets out of alignment. And there are payments that you have to make. But when you're in a situation like this, you have to look at your promises. And I gave you one example already. And I believe that other governments, that's the essence of a program. So, no, yes, you know, it is the prerogative of government to say that we want to go. But they are acting on all, all our behalf. Yes, it's sovereign. The sovereignty resides in the people. So if you say you are not going to the IMF, give us, uh, give us your program. For me, that's my simple request. Because the markets don't believe that the budget. You read the Fitch report. The Fitch report is saying that the markets don't believe, you know, that the budget is a solution for us having market assets, right? So that is the question facing the country now. And I'm saying if we don't, it will only compound in three years the commitment that we have to make. And we have, as we speak now, we have to borrow to do refinancing. And so I see even levy, not in terms of those systemic structural challenges that we have, because they're in the medium term. I see it as providing the immediate liquidity that is needed. But the reason some of us also are opposed to Yilevi is that you are taxing savings, and it's regressive. Hmm. If I put my savings under my pillow, if I put my savings under my pillow, and I take it and I give it to my wife to start a business, Will anybody put a tax on that loan? Uh, sorry, or even on that household savings? Uh -huh. That is because you, Bernard, you've earned, you know, your salary. Sorry to use it as a, you've earned your salary. You've paid your income tax, and then 
you 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 control your 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 expenditures, which government should be doing, and you kept you know rest of the money, right? You didn't take it to the bank. Let's start from there, and you give it to your wife to do some start some trading. Will anybody come and tax that money? What they will tax is after your wife has made a profit from that money, then they will tax the profit. After all, if you have used that expenditure to go and buy a shoe, you know, and other things which are not exempt, you pay VAT. You for imports you pay. Nobody taxes that money. So what difference should it make between you if you decide to now take your money to the bank, or you decide to send Momo? You are in a crime. Maybe your wife is in somewhere like you know, or my, your your sister or somebody who needs to be up. And then I send Momo. What difference did it make? So you are discriminating between two Ghanaians. That's the first thing that's, that's wrong with energy. You know, with all due respect to the deputy minister, taxation is not just about revenue. It's not just about, you know, <laughs> raising revenue. You have revenue and you have no revenue objectives. You are discriminating. Mm. All right. That's the first thing. Then secondly, take, so assuming that money is, not, is in yours, assuming it's a loan, assuming a business has gone for a loan, and they put the money in the bank account. And then maybe the headquarters in Accra. And then you say, can you send Momo? You know, because banks are now using the telcos instead of their own system to do those transfers. That's why the thing is shifting to banks. So they take a loan, and then they take the money, and they say, please use it to pay employees who are constructing. You are not even waiting for them for the investment to bring profit before you tax. And you are taxing the loan. You see, All right. So that, you have to examine, you mm, have to examine the mm, nature mm. of the transfer being made. All right. So if you are, if you are transferring, my, my, my last word, if you are transferring it for consumption, yes, you pay VAT. If you are consumption, if you are transferring it for alcohol, you pay excise in addition to VAT. And if you are transferring it for imported products, you pay import duty. Then nobody taxes the money. And that's what we are beginning to do. All right. And it tells you the desperation. Thank you for your insights. Thank you for your time. Honorable Setekbe, former Minister of Finance, sharing his thoughts on the economy. In summary, E-Levy is not the answer. Go to the IMF and also go back to managing the sinking fund and then tackle expenditure. Here are some quick reactions to the interview. Setekbe, former Finance Minister, sharing his views on the economy. He says E-Levy is regressive. Is not the way to go. Okay. Let's do some quick All right, Amos. So it looks like you've answered Amos's question. He says he was saying that Ben, the business words are too much. I'm confused. Okay. What is the man saying? Is he supporting IMF or not? So this was uh, as of when the interview was I, happening. I've just explained what he said. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so I think you've answered this question. Mm-hmm. Um, this one says, Bernard, imagine sending money to your siblings in the uni and you have to pay taxes on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hasler Promax sent that one. Um, uh, tell the MPP government they should have salary cuts to make up for the 7 billion e levy, which they are cutting our throats mm. to have if passed, will die for themselves. When they start taking 1,500 and 4,000 as salaries, they'll feel for the ordinary. Ghanaian. That's Kwamina Bill Gates from Tesano. He sends that. Alright. We'll be right back with more City Breakfast. You'll stay with us. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3.
This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Ten minutes past the hour of nine, still on the City Breakfast Show. We have executives from Aza Finance. It is the largest non-bank in Africa, specializing in cross-border international payments, FX and Treasury, launching some fantastic partnerships in Ghana, founded in Kenya 2013, started as a currency exchange platform, is now a global financial services firm. They are experts in frontier markets and currencies. I have in studio the country manager for Ghana, Nanaya Ousubanahi. Nanaya, good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the show. So I also have the head of sales for Africa as a finance, Hafi Bari. Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Tell me about Aza Finance. What is it all about, Barry? Well, Aza Finance is a company that provides payment rails, mm-hmm. uh, liquidity, and FX services mm-hmm. to regulated entities. Mm-hmm. Our role is to build the infrastructure to make cross-border payments easy across channels. We're talking about mobile money, banks, cash. We link the north to Africa and we link African countries among themselves. Mm-hmm. We have a head office in the UK. Mm-hmm. We have a team in Kenya, a mm. team in Nigeria, a team in Senegal, a team in the US. Mm. And we just also recently acquired a company called E4F in South Africa so that we can now cover Southern Africa. Mm. We are a licensed entity in the UK and in uh, Europe through the FCA and the Bank of Spain. Amazing. That's like a lot of things happening at the same time. So how long have you guys been in operation? Which countries do you operate in now? Yes, so we've been in operation since 2013 when we were founded. Um, currently, we have offices in nine countries, mm. but we operate in 115 countries, mm. uh, mostly focusing on the frontier markets like Africa. So. Amazing. So which segments of the financial system do you play a role in? And then probably share some of the problems you've solved in that space in other okay. so we we call ourselves a b2b um, business so what, what we do is that we support licensed entities mm-hmm. globally so mtos multinationals banks fintechs and government institutions mm-hmm. to provide them with liquidity so the problem we are solving mostly is around um, infrastructure in terms mm-hmm. of payments the technology the operational infrastructure the the risk uh, framework that we've put in place the compliance frameworks that have been put in place mm-hmm. and also the challenge of liquidity across you know cross-border payment challenges are liquidity mm-hmm. availability so that's what some of the things that we provide mm-hmm. so uh, we provide liquidity support for these people within those frontier markets mm-hmm. and also the necessary infrastructure for these partners to use amazing stuff so i know you've heard of after and i think it was um, a couple of days ago that the paps was um, officially launched the pan-african payment and settlement system was introduced and we are told that after hinges on how conveniently companies can pay for goods and services across borders how does aza feature in this conversation about pan-african payments and the paps system well thanks a lot for this question this goes well with our vision so when you're talking about after you're talking about movements of goods of people, but also movement of money. Mm -hmm. Um, It turns out that, unfortunately, despite our countries sharing borders, we share very little in terms of financial systems. Mm -hmm. PAPS is a great initiative. 
we have been rooting for such initiatives to take place on the continent. Mm -hmm. And what we do is really support the movement and add where we can. So PAPS is mostly an interbank system. Mm -hmm. um, we are usually bringing in either the mobile money, which is a big part of financial inclusion across Africa. Mm -hmm. And we also bringing some liquidity and FX products for to regulated entities mm. where it's permitted, of course, mm -hmm. just to make sure that we smooth the system. Um, PAPS is going to cover a big chunk of inter-African transactions. Mm -hmm. But just like PAPS, ASA is also going to help formalize a lot of those cross-border transactions. Mm. One of the main issues that we see is that when it comes to inter-African cross-border transactions, mm -hmm. most of those current transactions are informal. Mm -hmm. People at the border exchanging money. Uh, we don't want to see that happen. We don't think that will support the African progress mm -hmm. and integration of uh, in regions. So the way we do it is we partner with regulated entities, banks mostly, mm -hmm. to bring that informal, those informal transactions, sorry, mm -hmm. to, to a more formal, more uh, regulated mm -hmm. uh, environment. Just to get clarity, you keep saying regulated entities, mm -hmm. right? I'm assuming you're referring to financial institutions, but in the um, trade ecosystem with mobile money and all the things we see with electronic money, Will these regulated entities include things like the Momo providers? So like MTM Mobile Money Company? Definitely. Uh, when we say regulated entities, we mean regulated banks, regulated Momo operators, regulated fintechs. Uh -huh. um, so right now, Momo, we call them uh, mobile financial services. And mm -hmm. these are regulated entities within most jurisdictions. Mm -hmm. And when we say regulated, it means they have the infrastructure or mm -hmm. they have the compliance frameworks to do things like KYC mm -hmm. to make sure we don't have AML mm -hmm. uh, infractions. Mm -hmm. So we work with people like that. So mm -hmm. they are included, not just banks, but mm. mobile money I just wanted you also to clarify a bit. What problem do you solve for these companies? Is it providing them liquidity? Is it foreign exchange? Is it a platform for them to interact? Just give me a so few more insights. One will be more of the technology infrastructure we have. Okay. So we've been able to, over the years, been able to build a technology infrastructure mm -hmm. that allows them to, to be able to do payments in other frontier markets. Mm -hmm. So for instance, uh, somebody wants to make payments to a different jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. We have that infrastructure in place for that. Mm -hmm. And also we have that liquidity to support the last mile payouts. All right. So those two things are the ones we provide for them. And mm -hmm. If I may expand on that also. Mm -hmm. So um, every country has their own, I would say, flavor when it comes to compliance, for instance, KYC. Mm -hmm. So if you're doing a cross-border transaction between, say, Ghana and Cote d'Ivoire, the informations that are required are quite different mm -hmm. between both. So we bring in that knowledge and we help, through technology, mm -hmm. standardize those platforms so that everybody on each side gets what they need. Mm. Um, when, uh, as um, Nana was talking about FX earlier, um, it, it, it just so happens that if you want to exchange money locally, you have to go back to the dollar, which is not the best way of doing things. Um, we have tools that help 
assess mm. what the market rate could be for exchanging Ghana CDs. So if I'm exporting mm. uh, uh, YAM to Senegal and the UCFA and I use CD, your platform can help me without needing to buy dollars to go through. So that's kind of the proposals we are having with the financial institutions here. Because mm -hmm. currently, um, you can still do it, mm -hmm. but the, the challenges in terms of it, they, they will still have to change it to dollars through corresponding yes. banks. So if, if it, it all works well, you can cut that out. You can cut that that's out. What and it becomes saying. more cheaper. To do this, to because do this. it's direct. Yeah, it's direct. How can people get in touch with you? Are you online? Do you have a phone number? Or you? Yes, yeah, so they can visit our website, mm -hmm. uh, www.azafinance.com. Right? Finance, one yes, word. And our office. A-Z-A. AZA or AZA finance.com mm -hmm. one okay. way, and then our office at airport on the St. G Street. All right, um, so everybody can pass through and visit us there. Thank you, Nanaya Ousu Banahini, country manager as a finance, Hafi Bari, head of sales, Africa for as a finance. You heard it first on City. If you're a regulated entity, you know what to do. And if you're struggling to find litigation free land for your project, if you're looking for litigation free land for your project, you're struggling to come up with full payment for that house you want to acquire, worried about moving into that beautiful house you would have built with all the necessary amenities, Edlam Housing is back with products tailored to your individual needs. The last three homes located at Amrahia offer an elegant view of the Equipping Bridge, contemporary but super affordable payment apartments with a starting price of $35,000. The avant-garde homes are located at Adrigano, luxurious, spacious, reasonably priced. Call 0270-166166 or go to edlonhousing.com to book a site visit. All right, let's uh, jump into my next segment after this break. I'll be speaking to Ibukun Awosika. Ibukun is an amazing woman with an incredible track record of excellence in business and life. She happens to be the first woman who's chaired First Bank in Nigeria. Uh, she is a, an entrepreneur who's highly sought after, written three books. And uh, she's doing a big event in Ghana on Sunday. And I spoke to her about setting 2022 off on the right footing. We'll come back and talk about that. Stay with us. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Viewers and listeners, we welcome you to a special edition of the Effective Living series. We've been running four weeks on personal rebuilding, career rebuilding, business rebuilding, and family we call this edition the Effective Living Plus, where we speak to some highly accomplished leaders to share some insights with us on some of the areas we've discussed already. We're privileged to have one of the most accomplished leaders this continent has produced. She is an author. She is a speaker. She is a businesswoman. And she's held many positions, chaired First Bank of Nigeria, She's a fellow of the Aspen Global Leadership Network, a member of the Nigerian Economic Summit Group, done so many things in her life, and we're privileged to have her this morning share some insights ahead of the live series event she'll be organizing in Ghana later in the month. Ibukun Awosika, thank you for talking to us on CTFM and CTTV. Good morning. Good morning, Bernard. How are you? 
I'm very well, thank you. Such a pleasure to have you on today. My pleasure to be here. You've, you've accomplished so much. And I notice these days you're doing a lot of giving back, a lot of people building, a lot of sessions to help. Has that always been part of your life? Or this is more recent, this idea of conference speaking, helping people build capacity? I think that's been a major part of my life for most of my life. Even as I was building, I started early. I mean, I started my first business just before my 26th birthday. So even from right off the block, in fact, from university, as I was a, a major part of my time in university was spent as a member of the Junior Chambers International. So I had a lot of learning, you know, that I picked up as a, a member of a leadership building organization that formed my mindset in many ways, influenced my thinking and my journey. And uh, as I moved forward, you know, I also realized that it's important to share, you know, and one of my first places where uh, I freely learned to share thoughts was church, because, you know, you're part of a department. I was head of business fellowship in my church for uh, many, many years. So you, you get to share knowledge and thoughts with other people you're sharing with each other and your iron sharpened iron so i have realized that for a long time and um i have then consistently deliberately invested in the process of building the next generation uh always one of the projects i did quite a few years back now was to build a, a project called after school graduate development center in nigeria as a project to help prepare young unemployed people to be employable and to work in developing policies to support government's uh, desire to solve the um, employability uh, issue that we had with such a huge population of young young mm. people. So it's, it's in stages. It's different things. I mean, speaking, I've been speaking forever. And then what I've been doing in this last short while is now... Um, more strategically focused mm -hmm. on, you know, uh, around three key areas. There's your personal growth, mm -hmm. you know, which is about individual development. Then there is your career or business growth. Mm -hmm. And then there's relationships. Mm -hmm. If you can handle those three key pillars of your life, you would, and you have the right mindset and thinking, and you can approach them with an understanding matched with who you are, you know, you're likely to have a better journey, you know, mm. a better adventure uh, with your life. And as I do that with um, age group between 25, 35, 45, I also then specifically work with women in leadership. You know, there are two programs I'm running in Ghana. There's a life series, which is for the younger, more upwardly mobile people. But there's also the 360 executive masterclass, which is for women that are more C-suite based, higher level in leadership positions. But there are factors that are peculiar to us as women when we get to that level. Mm. And how do you, what knowledge do you share to help women sustainably survive those spaces and build forward? Mm. You know, and I've sat in a few places, so I've learned a, a number of things. And for me, knowledge is useless if it dies with you. It's mm -hmm. better to give it life by sharing with others. 
and let them use it to enhance themselves. And that's what uh, my general agenda is. So yes, it's a bigger part of my life right now because I've just decided this is what, um, I want to pay a lot of, a lot more attention to it. And I've created a uh, vehicle, the Bukwa Leadership Academy, which embodies wow. all of these uh, projects. We see some of what, in fact, a lot of what you talk about, we see it manifest in your life. You, as you started, you said in your 20s, you're already on this track. How important is it for these three parts of the tripod to be held together, the personal, the business, and the relationships? Because I know some people suffer with one or two, and some people even pay the price. So some people succeed at the highest level in business, and the price is either relationships or even personally. So how important is it to have the three sides of this tripod held in balance as you journey through life? I think one of the things I learned is that if you learn early enough, if you have um, what I call a sense of who you are, if you have an understanding of your person, your vision, your drive, uh, your journey, where you want to go, you know, what are your strengths, what are the weaknesses you do not want to play to, you know, how do you want your life to end? When you're 70, when you're 80, if you're reading a book of your life story, what would you like to read there? Now, you don't have to wait till the end to say, gosh, I wish I did this. I wish I didn't do that. What I've learned is that if from the onset you have a sense of that journey, you allow yourself to make some decisions that are key guides to your journey. You know, obviously building in flexibility of many different things that life can bring along. But having a direction itself allows you to know what you are just into as opposed to just coasting along. I realized that if you resolve some of those personal visions, when you are making decisions related to your career or your business, you will make them as is relative to the direction you have decided is the route you want to follow. As opposed to just, you know, sometimes you have an opportunity between A and B. Mm -hmm. And some of the considerations seem substantial, but ultimately down the line, you realize they were mundane because it didn't serve your purpose. Okay, so this job is going to pay me a lot more and money is the consideration. So I like this person who is the one asking me to work for them here. And therefore, because I like that person, that is the consideration. As opposed to aligning all of those factors with where I want to go to, to, de mm. to determine whether A or B is the right fit for the journey. You know, there's a need to have um, a longer term vision, okay, mm -hmm. in a more with a more holistic view, in a sense, and being deliberate about the kind of decisions that you make, having the litmus test of why am I doing this? Why will I not do this? What are my considerations? What are the right choices? Not just for me for now. What is the implication of making that decision today? And how does it affect what I want to do tomorrow? 
It might meet what I want to do today, but if it would destroy my tomorrow, then it's not a gain. You know, ultimately, mm-hmm. it's a loss because it would take from me down the line. So there, there is um, a way that you reset your mind and your mm-hmm. considerations that affects how you make key decisions in your journey. Because you know what? What is our total journey? The summation of every decision that we make every day. Mm. Every decision that you make will add to or take away from your journey. Mm. Every decision that you make has a consequence. Those consequences either work for you or they work against you. When you talk, the decisions you make impacts the relationships you build. But every journey you have in life is about people. There are people at the door of every place you want to enter to open Mm. the door for you or to shut it against you. And how do they decide whether they open it for you or shut it against you? It's based on how they experience you. Now, if you have been very anyhow about handling relationships, then you set yourself up in many cases to become vulnerable in key moments. Mm. But you can actually be more deliberate. You can take decisions as to my childhood friends and my childhood friends. I love them. They're great for me. But are they the best circle of influence for where I am and where mm-hmm. I'm going? Mm-hmm. They remain my friends. We're social, engaging friends and all of that. But if my journey has differed from theirs in a way that I'm sitting in a place where I need a different kind of support system. I need honest, technically competent minds that can understand my journey and influence it when I am not sure of what to do because Mm. they have an understanding of it. Mm. I'll share with you one of the women that was in one of my 360 executive classes, uh, maybe last year, I can't remember which cohort she was in. You know, in the class, she, she just started crying, mm. you know, and at a point, so I asked her, Richard, why, why, why are you crying? She, and she said, you know, I came from the bottom of the pyramid and God has helped me. I've built a successful business. I have done very well, but this is the first time I have found a safe space to be myself. Mm. A safe wow. space to express my ambition, my vision, my dreams without feeling being judged, like I'm being judged. Because Mm. when she's trying to talk to her childhood friends, to them, she's already so successful, they don't understand why she still wants to do anything more. You know? So Mm. they're like, what? You know, just leave that. You're already, you're good. You're great. You've done well. But if you still have dreams and desires, and you don't have the right context and space to express yourself, you will feel unaccomplished. So it's really, there's so many factors in that journey. And that's part of what we discuss, Mm. which is how we bring your personal growth. What are your gaps? What are the things you need to develop where you're concerned? And you must, there's, there's an overriding thing, which is a Shakespearean quote that I adopted, which is to thyself be true. That's my Mm. own coinage of it. And if you are true to yourself, then you can't be honest about what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. 
You can be honest about the things you're not great at, and you can learn to respect other people who bring that gift to you, to the table, for mm. you to be able to achieve the things you need to do. So that affects how you handle people. But it also allows you to invest time in developing the areas that you need to, okay? Mm -hmm. As well as make the right kind of decisions for your career or for your business whilst paying attention to relationships because people are facilitators of all of those things. Whether people are at the bottom or at the top, it's not about what position they hold. It's about the fact that they're human beings around your life. They bring value mm. to you. What is your view? How do you interact with them? What legacy do you leave with them? How do you treat people? How do you mm. handle people? How do you invest in relationships? Do you just want to take from relationships or do you invest in relationships, you know, in order to build what I call a network of relationships rather than just networking as people tend to think. Mm. Great. So it's very clear that it starts with you. My question yeah. is, how do I know I'm growing? How do I measure my personal growth? I think the first thing, Bernard, you must know is each and every one of us, when we are honest with ourselves, mm -hmm. we know when we've made progress. Because you know you. Nobody knows you like you. You know who you were yesterday. You know the things you couldn't do. You know the things... Uh, you couldn't figure out. You know the challenges you were handling. And when you've walked a bit mm -hmm. forward, you can also make the same assessment as to where you are. You know, am I a lot more patient than I was yesterday? Am I a lot more thoughtful than I was yesterday? Am I more focused, you know, where my career is? Am I more deliberate and strategic in making the kind of decisions that I make right now? We understand our mm -hmm. progress, but even more so, when you have the right relationships around you, you create an accountability group for yourself, which means beyond your own measuring, the people that you have prevented, and I always say, do not carelessly just allow any voice to influence your life or speak to you. Okay. Be deliberate about choosing the influencers in your life. And know the value that each person that is in your influence circle represents in that circle. Be sure that there are people that will not bring you down. There are people that will lift you up. There are people that are able to encourage and help you build. There are people that can correct you, but correct you in love. And bring your attention to things that you need to pay attention to, but not in a derogatory manner. You know, there are people who lift up your hands. They're not people who pull it down. There are people who help you to think through your confused moments and to sort through your unclear vision. You know, they mm -hmm. add value to the process. They're not people that tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. They're people that guide you to get to the place of making the right decision as to what you want to do. Mm -hmm. Because you mm -hmm. see, I, I mean, I'm a Christian and the Bible says, in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. But mm -hmm. you see, counsel is information. Mm -hmm. It is information that is shared by someone that has another view or mm -hmm. additional knowledge. And when they do, what is important is you must always own the decision. Mm. You must take the information 
that is provided to you in counsel and use it as a guide to have a fuller view of the situation and the circumstance. But because there are components of it that are not verbal or physical, that you as a person will sense, will know that all of it can come together for you to get to a place where you know, this is what I need to do. And sometimes it might not be the popular position. Sometimes the people around you might not even agree with you. But in your heart of mm. heart, having considered all things, you will know why you need to do what you need to do. And you can move on it. Mm. You, you've done so much in business. One of the questions I get asked by people who are trying to succeed at work or in their own business is, is there a definition for success in business? Because the world of work is always asking for more. So is there a working definition? How do I know that I've succeeded in my career? Remember where we started from, with you having a mm -hmm. sense of what you want, uh, mm -hmm. how you want your uh, 70, 80-year-old self to be. I think our success is self-defined by each okay. person. Okay. And it's really important that you self-define your own success. Why? Because other people's measure or determination of what success is can be so different from yours. And if mm -hmm. you don't have an understanding of what you consider as your own success, have your own markers and your guide, you will never, ever feel accomplished. There will always be someone mm -hmm. that's done more, someone that is going mm -hmm. farther, or someone that thinks yeah. you should do more. But don't forget, it's your journey. It's nobody else's journey. Mm -hmm. it's, it's you, and you must know where you want to go. That's mm -hmm. why that theme, to thyself be true, is key. Mm -hmm. Is your family mm. important to you? You owe nobody any explanation mm. to make it the center of your decision making. Mm. Are mm. your children mm. key to everything that you do? Mm. You don't have to explain to anybody. Is your career mm. at the heart of it? Have you worked out how they all work together? Those are your choices. And you decide what gives you that peace of mind. For some, it's going to parties ever so often. They're happy to be invited by everybody to be part of the social calendar, to be recognized by every newspaper in the social page. For some, that's success, that they have a lot of, uh, that they're famous. To some, it is to be able to achieve a certain level in their career and provide for their family one way or the other. To build a house for their mother or their father, you know, and train the the younger ones who came after them because they are the first person in their family to become a graduate or to have some level of uh, uh, success at a different, uh, in a different kind of world. Our measures are different. So mm. you have to own your own definition of what your success is. If you don't, there will always be somebody's journey that will challenge yours. And that's a never-ending game. So it's really mm -hmm. about, about us as individuals and defining our journey. All right. The next question is really the kind of question I get from younger people. A lot of these people who are in school, university, and they usually have two problems. They will say, I really, have, I, did, I didn't get the course I wanted. I want to be a doctor, but... I didn't get admission, so I'm doing biochemistry. 
Or so I want to do business at name, but I'm doing archaeology. I'm not happy. And then the other one is my parents want me to be a doctor and, and I want to be an artist. I get a lot of those questions. Look, you deal with young people. How do you help them think about this? What, how should they think about this conundrum that they, every time I go to universities, they keep asking me, what, what do you have to say to them? Look, this is, um, I guess for a lot of our universities, whether it's in Nigeria or Ghana, this is a standard uh, experience. And, and I can say that, I mean, if I, part of how, when I'm talking to young people, I use my personal story. And when I was in secondary school, first I wanted to be a doctor. And then I realized that they use real uh, dead bodies in medical school. And I said, no, I don't want to touch cadaver. That was the end of my medical ambition. Then I, I, I then said I wanted to be an architect because even though I was very good in sciences, I was also good in arts. Okay. Anyway, I went into the university to study chemistry. So by the end of my first year, before the end of my first year, I'd already told myself that I hated the chemistry and that I would like to get away from it. By this time, because I used to be very good at schools, debates, and everything when I was in secondary school, everybody thought I would make a great lawyer. I could win an argument. So I thought, that's true. You know, I would really want to be a lawyer. So I used to go and sit in front of the dean of law's office for days, mm. trying to see if I would be able to transfer to law. The secretary finally told this day, look, there's this young lady that has been coming to sit here every day. You have to see her. So when he saw me, he's like, what do you want? Mm. I said, sir, I want to transfer to law next session. And he said, that's why you've been sitting outside my office. Mm. I said, yes, sir. And he said, okay, you know what? If I take only one person from another faculty next year, it will be you. But make sure you pass very well. So I said, thank you, sir. But therein lies uh, my challenge. If I pass very well, mm -hmm. my department will not release me because they also want to keep the best students <laughs> for myself. If I fail, mm. law will not accept me. But I solved the problem myself because before the end of the session, I'd also changed my mind about wanting to be a lawyer. By now, I had now decided I wanted to be a chartered accountant so I could go and work in a bank. So from my second year, I started taking, so I remained in chemistry, but I started taking three electives in faculty of administration and accounting. And I did that to my mm. final year. In Nigeria, they don't give you a minor degree. Otherwise, I'd have gotten one in accounting. But I took a lot of their courses and did better at their courses than even my chemistry. Finished, went to youth school. Mm. Made sure that I was going to be posted to an accounting firm to serve. Eventually, mm. I got posted to the accounting firm to serve. By the end of the one year of the youth service, working in Akintola Williams & Co., which is now Deloitte, I realized mm -hmm. how much I hated the auditing process. Oh, you know? So this is just to, to give an example of, look, our life is so dynamic, especially mm -hmm. at that age, that the process of self-discovery, you know, has its role, but it doesn't necessarily define who you are at the end of it, but it builds character in you over time. So I finished the uh, one year in the audit firm, they gave me permanent employment because I did my job. My, my rule is always whatever your hand finds, do it well. But I hated it. 
So when they offered me permanent employment, I said, no, I don't want. Thank you very much. I still wanted to work in a bank, but I didn't want to be a chartered accountant. So I went back home and the first job I could get one week after youth service was in a furniture manufacturing company. So I went into mm. that furniture manufacturing company just to kill time whilst I was waiting wow. for my bank job to come through. I spent only three and a half months in that furniture company, mm. by which time I realized why I had wanted to be an architect and all the creative mm. part of me came alive. And I realized mm. I actually loved the process of creating and building the furniture. Well, mm. that's a 34 year story because for the last 34 years, I have built a manufacturing group in various aspects of furniture. And that's my mm. core business. And in building wow. that, I'm building it in the best way that I knew with my value system and everything and doing things right. Ultimately, I became attractive to corporate who then wanted me to serve on their boards, which is how I started serving on multiple boards, including and eventually becoming the chairman of First Bank of Nigeria amongst many boards that I chaired mm. along the paths and on boards that I serve and I still serve and chair uh, many boards. So what is my message? What I say to most young people is this. If you're already in the university doing this course, just complete it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Your parents have gotten you to do this. That's fine. Your certificate only says you have been to the four walls of a school. Mm. It's taught your mind to process information in a certain way. It's taught you the process of engaging with other people and challenging ideas and status quo. He doesn't necessarily define you. When you finish, say thank you to your parents, uh, give them the certificate and go and live your life and live the best of the life that you want for yourself. Applying your talents, your giftings and all that you are. Because it's not your certificate that will make you. I have seen many mm. people with first class in this or that that haven't amounted to much. It's mm. really about how do you work? How do you interact with many factors in a work environment or in a business environment in order to achieve success? It's about how you engage with people. It's about how you process information. It's about how you are diligent at what you are assigned or what you assign mm. people. Is about how you are, are able to provide solutions, a thoughtful process for providing solutions to challenges that you can see. It's wow. all of those factors together that defines your ability to succeed in life after school. So it doesn't matter what degree you get out of school. It matters how you apply yourself thereafter. Mm -hmm. And that's why we can cross. I know someone who is a lawyer, and a doctor, one person. She's a lawyer and she's a doctor. Wow. Mm, mm. You know, this, her this father is, is a doctor, her mother is a lawyer. She did study both. I have another mm. friend who first studied uh, sciences, finished that, went back to school to study pharmacy. She studied botany first, then went to study pharmacy. After she finished studying pharmacy, she went back to study law. And they have a major mm. law firm as a family. She's worked in that law firm for decades now. So it's really the degree is only a starting point. 
it, it satisfies that you have been to school, you know how to read and write, you know how to process information, but there's much more to you than what your degree offers you. So just live your life the best that you can. Fantastic. This is the Effective Living Series Plus. My guest is Ibukun Awosika, one of the most accomplished leaders in the, on the continent, corporate leadership, business leadership. Your journey fascinates me because whereas most people start by working for people and then eventually start their own companies, a little bit about what I've learned is that you, you after a youth service, you started working almost like doing your own thing before getting formal into the corporate world. I'm asking this on the basis of, again, some people want to be entrepreneurs. We are in the gig economy. Generation Z doesn't want to work for anybody. What is the thinking around working to learn before starting your own company? Because I know a lot of young people who say, I want to be an entrepreneur. I'm not going to work for anybody. Is that always the best solution? Just talk us, talk us through some of the ideas around how to prepare yourself for top-level corporate leadership. You know, gener uh, Generation Z, as you call them, they fascinate me with their ideas and their, their you know, it's like a totally rebellious mode to start a school. And well, the question, you know, I usually like to ask them is, oh, I don't want to work for anybody. And so you build a company, who's going to work there? <laughs> because ultimately, you know, you need people to work in the businesses that you build. And if everybody doesn't want to work for anybody, then we're all doomed because we'll end up with one-man businesses all over the place, not going anywhere. Okay. Now, the, the reality is, having lived as an entrepreneur who literally, all my work experience was just youth service and three and a half months in a company. I can tell you, I'm from working with so many different entrepreneurs over time. I can tell you without a doubt that the best entrepreneurs are the ones that have worked in an organization. And I'll explain. Because they get a chance to see the inside of a company. They get a chance to see the discipline that is required for a company to function and function well over time. They get a chance to see, to meet other people and to submit to people. They get a chance to build the discipline of working with other people and being part of a team and being submissive to other people's ideas as in the people you work for. You have a boss, you have team members, you might even be at the bottom of the pyramid if you are, if you are starting out from school. There are loads of learnings you pick up in a workplace. There are also relationships you build that would support the things you want to do over the long term. Experience mm -hmm. has its value. It cannot be replaced in many ways. And some you learn yourself, some you benefit from other people's experiences and that adds value to you. So what I would say is some of the best ideas you have will fail on the back of nuances. And some of those nuances you only glean within the context 
of the business of that industry, which means mm. every business has a trade secret. If I want to invest in education, it would be profitable for me to spend some time working in a school. Why? There are things I would pick up there that would help to make my journey of setting up my own school a lot easier and better. Because one of the things that we find in the best business plans you can ever create in the world, there are a lot of assumptions. And you know, assumptions can mess mm. you up because every assumption does not mm. pan out to be true. So mm. when you are part of um, a live business in the industry you want to uh, participate in, there are learnings you pick. It's also what, I mean, look at tech businesses. Okay, oh, they're new generation, they're this. Why do you need the clusters? Why do you need the hubs? Mm -hmm. It's because within a community, there is learning. There is shared learning. There's facilitation that happens. Mm. You know, and there is experience that is gained. One project beside you, their failure might be what prevents yours from failing. Mm. Their success might be the starting point of what you need to build your success. Wow. So, uh, uh, yes, indeed. I've been speaking to Ibukun Awashika. The full interview is on CityTube. You can watch it. It was a 15-minute conversation. Ibukun is an amazing business leader, a business mind who's written three books. She is the, uh, a, a Nigerian author, a businesswoman, first or former chairman of the First Bank of Nigeria. And uh, we've been talking about personal growth, career growth, and relationship growth. She has a big event in Ghana on Sunday. Now, if you want to be at that event, you can call this phone number 0 5 It's called the Live Series with Ibukuna Washika. It's happening in Ghana. It's a face to face event. Tickets are limited. So the number again 0550 uh -huh. She will speak about personal growth, career growth, relationships, Millie. and other issues. Never have. That's all we have time for for today's edition of the City Breakfast Show. Thank you for watching and listening.